When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. After the madness that punches down, we're back. It feels like ages since we recorded the Final Furlong Podcast last, but we're glad to be back, and thank you very much for tuning in and downloading the show. I'm Emma Kennedy, joined by At The Races pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello, hello. Roy Delargy's here too. Hello. And joining us in the studio, Miss Producer D. Hey, guys. In control of the madness, as usual. Uh, so we're going to review Punchestown, which was brilliant this year. It always is, but particularly this year. Some thrilling finishes. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. We might hear about Kevin Blake's adventures in the world of marathons, because everybody loves to hear about marathons. They all love to hear about that. <laughs> People talking about their own running is the most boring oh, thing almighty. of all time. <laughs> Do you know there are actually marathon podcasts? There are podcasts oh, man. by people talking about marathons that are probably listened to by people while running marathons <laughs> could very well be so yeah so boring um, maybe Kevin will indulge us with these stories about that later on but we want to start by trying to get some winners because the flat season is very much back and the first classics of the season get underway at Newmarket at the weekend 3.35 live on ITV it's the Kipco 2000 Guineas and Aidan O'Brien's got a fantastic record in this race he goes for a record 8th victory in it with Churchill a name that I can only imagine has been on reserve at Weatherby's for quite some time ah, stop with a that name, now stop with that a name no we're not doing this special again special horse <laughs> and here it is Albert Einstein by the way was the name they gave to a horse that turned out to be absolutely useless <laughs> so this doesn't always work out oh, we get this John F. Kennedy every year John F. Kennedy must be the best <laughs> horse that they've ever had he's now racing in the States for someone else yeah how, how good was that Roosevelt <laughs> <laughs> So I'm waiting for him, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be a real star, that one. That'll be a superstar, that. That's gonna be. That's gonna be the real deal. Or, or Trump. So uh, oh, did you hear on. the story about Trump? Go on. Uh, oh, what's the horse's name? I think the horse might be called President Trump. Right. And he, oh, he, yeah, he was yeah. racing down in yes, racing down in South Africa, and they gelded him because <laughs> because he was because of his behaviour, and they made a big news story out of it, and they made them change the name, and they, guess what? They changed it because there was so much kick up about it, and this is a one hundred percent true story. Guess what? They changed the horse's name to fake news. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Take a boost. Take a boost. Take a boost on. <laughs> oh, that's how you do it. That's oh, how you do class. it. Speaking of South Africa, it wasn't the South African race, but it was a South African commentator. D, roll it there, D. 
and he making the same mistake he made earlier in the day today but now uh, seemingly getting a chance down the inside rail there as uh, we see the favorite being hampered and what a bloody idiot he is <laughs> as they come down the straight here now with uh, favorite angel uh, flying here angel love's gonna fly to win it and angel love wins it from six and three but what an incredible stupid ride <laughs> Could you imagine? No mercy showing there. Imagine Richard Oyles doing that on ITV. Could you imagine? Imagine Desi. Imagine Desi doing this. Yeah, fucking God's sake. <laughs> what are you doing? Ah, oh, just absolutely classic. That's stuff. genuine. That, no, that was a genuine commentary. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not some like fast. And he wasn't sketch. far wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's talk about the 2,000 guineas, shall we? And try and pick out the winner. So, back to Churchill. Uh, he might have an illustrious name, but he does have, to be fair to him, uh, also a fairly illustrious race record, beaten on debut, but then backed as though defeat was out of the question at Royal Ascot, where he looked like he was ready to run in the King George chase, let alone the King George over a mile and a half. And uh, he didn't quite bolt up, but he got the job done well. And he never seems to bolt up, Kevin. He just does enough, but that might be... The old Stormcat line coming through, but he's also got that Galileo influence as well. Um, he's looked like a superstar as a juvenile. Will he train on to be one? He should. He should. You know, I thought we, we spoke about this at length now on the on the second half of the Hugh Taylor episode about what Hayden had been telling me about him and describing how he has physically developed. And it's very interesting because look, he's a big boy. He weighs around five forty kilos. That's a big boy. That that's a that's a good size stay and chaser. Mm. You know, I think Denman was around 575, 80, something like that. And he was a big, big boy. So he, that, that gives you a bit of context. This is a big colt. He was a very, very mature two-year-old. And when people hear that, they think, oh, maybe he was making the best of his maturity and might not be as good this season when the rest have had a chance to physically catch up. But, you know, Aiden, to be fair to him, did say that right now, if you, di- if you didn't see him as a two-year-old and you saw him now upsize the other three-year-olds in the yard, you'd say, God, that's a very mature three-year-old. You know, he was exceptionally mature as a two-year-old, but he still looks mature compared to his contemporaries at this stage. So it shouldn't be a big concern. Look, he's by Galileo. How many Galileos don't train on from two to three? It just doesn't happen. Mm. He's a very... Yeah, I know his own mother um, didn't get the opportunity to race at three. She was a very big, imposing, fast two-year-old. Yeah. But Galileo is very dominant. And we've seen that um, established for many, many years now. You can send him to sprinters and get mile-and-a-half horses. And um, we've seen it time and time again. So there's... It'd be unreasonable to to anticipate anything dramatically different here. And, and most importantly, as anything else, you know, the spring has been largely favourable for trainers. Um, they Aiden couldn't have given any more encouragement that he was right where he wanted to be in terms of his preparation. And the thing is, I suppose, you just have to decide, does he need to improve on what he did last year? He, he may not have to, but you have to say it's a good guineas. Well, in terms of his form, so you can sometimes look at at a, what a juvenile did and, and see them like a dual group one winner we've often seen this and sometimes it looks as though they didn't beat a whole lot but they turn out to be superstars anyway they're as good as the trainer suggested they would be by giving them that campaign and they train on and sometimes they look as though they've got a great CV and it just doesn't work out to be that well at all uh, Blue Point we're recording this on Wednesday he won today at Ascot Thunder Snow obviously won the UE uh, Derby and will run in the run for the roses at the weekend he'll go for the Kentucky Derby for Godolphin and Rivet won a group one afterwards uh, at Doncaster on in front of the At The Races cameras so 
I know Lancaster Bomber was second, but that form looks reasonable. Oh, enough. Lancaster Bomber's a good horse. Mm. I wouldn't like I wouldn't use him as a stick to beat the form now, but and look the thing is that that, that race didn't go to plan for Churchill at all. No, I no, thought no. he did very well in the yes. day to overcome the adversity he faced in, in the form of uh, not the clearest of runs. Mm. Um and look you can pick you can pick holes at his other but excuse me, you can pick holes in other pieces of his form for sure. You know, Maymas maybe didn't get home the national stakes when he beat him, but Aiden pointed to that run it was quite interesting I thought because like you were saying he looked half asleep a lot of his juvenile career and he wouldn't do a whole lot when he got to the front but that day if you watch it back um, I forget who was right Maymas but he tried to he gave Frankie yes it was Frankie he gave Churchill a bit of a bump just as the race was developing and it's worth watching back because you can you can see what he's talking about Aiden said he felt that that really just fired him up and he stuck his head down and he really tried and ran through the line which he hadn't necessarily been doing when he got to the front before that he was putting himself up and he felt that that really served to wake him up and teach him an awful lot about racing um, and he showed that at Newmarket I thought because he did have to be streetwise he had to overcome adversity and you know those two runs probably crowned him uh, as crowned his campaign they taught him a lot you know which is so important because the guineas um, you you do need to know what you're doing in the guineas. There, mm. There's not too many horses that overcome greenness to to win a guineas. And um, look, the price he is, I I could never give anyone wild encouragement to to lash into a guineas favourite at even money, which he's he's rapidly approaching at this stage. Um, and look, Rory's going to talk about the the, the British chat, the British defence in more detail, I'm sure. But you know, I I've really and the I, French challenge. Absolutely. You know, I've really liked Eminent. And Barney Roy, there was a lot to like about as well. You know, I this, care. <clears throat> this isn't a soft guineas. This isn't a soft guineas. This isn't a case of Churchill showing up in the same form he was in at the back end of last season and being guaranteed to win. Mm. That's not necessarily a guarantee. He could be the he could turn up in his Dewhurst form, and that might not be a hundred percent enough here. You know, so it's 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 far from a, a an open goal. I'd like to think he can go and do it, but. I wouldn't be lashing into him at the price he is. You spent about three hours today, you know, Brian, doing your stable tour for At The Races, and obviously there's only so much that you can put in, but what feeling was he giving you about him? I mean, we talked about it on that Hugh Taylor show, about the future for him. So he'll start for the Guineas. My understanding is that the Guineas horses, like Caravaggio, who is under consideration for this, but goes to France instead. So their work would have started earlier than everything else in the yard. And we've seen over the years, that's why he has such a good record in this race, Fitness is never an issue with an Aidan O'Brien horse mm. here. So he'll be ready to go. But do they see him as a mile or a 10 furlong horse or will they be going for the derby with him? He uh, he didn't say it. But the way I interpreted what he was saying and the reading between the lines, I don't think the derby is, is in Aidan's mind. Okay. Would be my feeling. I think he would have major doubts about him getting that far and he would have major concerns about asking him to do it. Of course, things can change. Well, the lads might have their say. Things can absolutely change. And look, he might shape like a, like a different horse once he gets racing this mm. year. Um, I, I in The way I felt from what he was saying was mile or 10 furlongs and he wouldn't have any concerns about him lacking pace for a mile. Well, let me put it, put it to you this way then. The fact that Caravaggio goes to France and that he was under consideration for Newmarket does that give you the feeling that there's even more confidence behind Churchill than we first thought? I don't know. You can inter- like often they've they've often sent a second string to to thousand guineas, and you know with the benefit of hindsight, when you look back on it in a, in a few months' time, they, they went there needing the run, you know, and they might have peaked more so in the Irish guineas. Um, I yeah, I think it's very much a this is a one horse speed, you know, Lancaster Bomber, 
has race fitness on his side he could be there to do a job like he like he did for him last season don't know that for sure but you would imagine reading so. between the lines I'd imagine he's going to be good and prominent just in case it turns into a tactical race which uh, which Churchill wouldn't want and, um, and I'm okay with that everyone wants a nice truly run classic hopefully there's no Mickey, Mickey Acton with splits or anything like that that we occasionally get in the guineas Spiritual Valor is a war um, front he could really improve from two to three <laughs> but like he could be there to do the same same job yeah, as well I'm, I'm cautious about that stereotype you're trotting out there now <laughs> I, I, I want to I think we talked about this a yeah, few no, weeks gonna, ago I want to give them more chance we'll go into the, to that in further yeah, detail wait, wait till he starts wait till we see all these war fronts now out of Galileo mares yeah, oh, no, then, we'll, then we'll judge him it's something we'll talk about later on he's a top price six to four do you think he'll go off shorter oh I don't know you know I don't I I, I'd be surprised if he went off odds on. Okay. I could see him hovering there right between even money and six to four. All right. Would because you... there there are proper horses against them here. This this is not soft. Um, I don't have a strong opinion on Al Wakir, but he was impressive to be fair the, the last day. Um, so I, I think this is good and competitive. He has some proper opposition here, and um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Kevin's referring to Al Wakir who won the Paris Jebel on at the races at Maison Lafitte last time out um, and there was a lot of talk about him after that Rory uh, is he the biggest danger in your eyes to Churchill? Um, he might be but I don't think it's as simple as that I think I think you have a trio um, who brings similar sort of claims in in Al Wakir Barney Roy and um, Eminence and you could even throw Dreamcastle in there as, as, as um, a dark horse um, given how well he travelled in the Greenham um, when he was beaten by Barney Roy, but the winner of that race for a long way. Albuquerque's a hard one to get a handle on because he was very impressive in the end in the Jebel. Um, and the fact they sent him off at odds on on the day, although, you know, we're talking party mutual here rather than on-course bookmakers, that looks significant in itself, um, given that he was up against the top French two-year-old from, from the previous season, National Defence, who'd won the Lacquer Dare. Um he, his two uh, big wins, he's come from right at the back of the field and he's looked like he's needed telling what to do in his races. But he picked up very strongly, both at uh, Deauville on his, when he won a listed race um, and then to win the Jebel. They set a very strong pace in front of him. Um, his two main dangers are horses who, who clearly stay a mile well anyway, um, as does he, as he showed last season. But they, they did set it up for him. And he was eventually impressive. But if you watch the whole race, if you watch the closing stages, he looks really impressive. If you watch it from, from four furlongs out, you, you raise a doubt or two about how well he will travel at Newmarket. He's a horse I would like to see headgear on. Ooh. In a bizarre sort of way. I don't, think, I don't see that's going to happen. And Andre Fab has talked him up. And he's not. He's an exceptionally good judge, of course. He thinks the horse has got a great chance of, um, of winning or being placed in the guineas. Um, and I would not want to argue with that. I just wonder about his positioning in the race, given how he's been how he's been ridden uh, by Gregory Benoit in France. If he gets behind uh, and he's still behind coming into the dip, then he could find himself trying to make up a lot of late ground, which is not going to be easy. In saying that, he might travel a lot more sweetly in a race like the Guineas. But it just worries me a wee bit. It's an interesting it point. Like, it's an interesting point, Rory, because he's by Dream Ahead. And we know how super talented he was, but he had a little bit of a quirk in him in terms of running about a bit yeah. in his races. And I've seen 
not one or two quite a few of his progeny do not dissimilar things there is that it's not even so much a quirk it's just a little little feature of him mm. yeah and um, that that's interesting in that context because uh, it, it makes sense but you know in, in saying that it's difficult to know exactly how good he is he's clearly held in very very high regard um, I would doubt on his pedigree that he would want rattling fast ground which we might be heading towards a new market mm. unless they turn on the bloody taps again yeah, they they will. You'd imagine, um, would they? You would. You'd like to think they'd be happy to run the guineas on good to firm ground. Mm. Yeah, they they should that's be. Anyway. Is, currently. So that's the that's the French taken care of. Uh, unfortunately, no Jacques Ricou to a partner, which is an awful shame. <laughs> he'd love Newmarket. Oh, he'd absolutely <laughs> love it. He could just go all over the place. Grand old tour of Newmarket. Uh, but as for the British challenge. Uh, so Eminent has arrived on the scene with a very taking performance last time out. You mentioned Dreamcastle and Barney Roy. Obviously, Barney Roy came out on top, but you could think that Dreamcastle could improve for that as well. Um, Rivet could certainly improve, having been second to Eminent last time out, but he'd need to. Yeah, Rivet's certainly. an unlikely runner, I think. Yeah, that seems to yeah. be the, the the thinking from the Haggis team. But as for the uh, the British challenge, what do you think is the is the most likely contender? Well, I, I really like Barney Roy, um, son of the celebration. He, it was difficult to weigh up his, his debut win at Hayduck, but it came on quick ground. Um, he looked a promising sort there. And the fact that they fast-tracked him to the Greenham, um, which is a race that Richard Hannon, junior and senior before him, really liked as a prep for the Guineas. And the Guineas is a race the Hannas have done tremendously well in. Uh, often with horses that haven't looked particularly obvious guineas contenders over the winter they know exactly what it's all about getting the horses um, in shape for that big day um, and the fact that they threw him into the, the greenham was was interesting enough on its own the way he won that I thought the greenham was a was a really strong race um, and it didn't disappoint you had a strong pace set from the outset your dream castle on one wing traveling really strongly looking like he was going to win easily and then um, you had Barney Roy come through strongly later on to win in a time which looks exceptional. Really, really fast time. Mm-hmm. Um, well-run race. Form that looks really solid. An improvement guaranteed to come from, from both of those. Um, the fact that Dreamcastle was a little bit free and he only made his debut early in April is a wee bit of a worry for him progressing again, turned out two weeks later. Mm-hmm. Um, but Barney Roy's had a perfect preparation. This is what they would have had in mind from, from essentially day one with him. Uh, and he he's very hard to fault. He, he looks like he's going to improve again. And according to, to speed figures, uh, according to time form speed figures and, and time form ratings, he actually comes out as the better horse against Churchill mm. in a head-to-head. I'd be a wee bit wary of that. Uh, not that I'm criticizing the time form figures at all, but if you've got a horse like Churchill who's done it time and time again, then you know that you can rely on that form. Um, when you get a horse who does it once, mm. you're always asking yourself whether they will do it again. And of course, Newbury's a track that I feel has a habit of producing massive performances that aren't necessarily repeated. Of course, don't you dare um, doubt Hawkwing, <laughs> the greatest flash horse ever you, seen. You can see where I was going with that. But it has. Well, Time uh, Form did want to give him the highest rating that they 
want, there was a big argument there. They did want to give him a huge. They could rating have given him two hundred if they wanted. Easily, that. it was stunning. But he did, well, he did get he did get a massive rating for that. But but of course, the expected <laughs> front runner didn't load just as they were all going in, and then Canan took advantage. Yeah. And yeah, it was astonishing. He won, by, he won by a long way. It was it was one of those performances. It it there was no fluke about it on the day. No. but at the same time. Compared to the rest of his form, it didn't quite stack up. Yeah, and, and Newbury's that kind of track. You get really solid-looking races and really impressive results that don't always stack up elsewhere, yeah, which I, is strange because Newbury strikes you as being about the most straightforward, the most reliable galloping track you can find. In saying that, I, I was still very impressed visually with Barney Roy, the way he did it, and he didn't blast away from the front. Um, he he um, travelled strongly, held up, um, and he wasn't taking advantage of other horses stopping. Um, the, the race was run in a, in a very solid way in terms of producing that fast time. Um, so you have to like that an awful lot. Uh, and yet, I, I like Richard Hannon a lot as a trainer of Guineas horses. Um, and when you're looking at the Guineas, you're looking at this race in itself. You're not looking at the champion three-year-old miler. You have to look at, you have to see the Guineas as what it is. You know, it, it used to be referred to as, as the last two-year-old race of the season. Mm-hmm. It just happened to run in May. Um, and horses who win the guineas don't necessarily end up um, punching at that level in September or October. So it's, seen that over it enough sounds as though you are leaning towards Richard Hannand and James Doyle or Bernie Roy. Yeah, I, I'm, I think this is a tremendous race. I don't, I, I don't want to say Churchill's a dreadful bet at 6-4. I think Churchill will drift from his price. But there is the possibility that those very close to the horse will smash into him later on. Mm. I think on the morning of the race, he will drift out to something like 7 to 4, 15 to 8. And then we will find out in the last 10 minutes what's expected of of Churchill by... Or it could be Glen Eagles 2.0 and he goes in this bizarre drift where he goes out and out and out and then bolts up. That was odd, wasn't it? Very strange, particularly for he's the more, He's certainly Churchill looks more solid than, than Glen Eagles in terms of his mm. overall profile. And, and the one thing I want to say in his favour is that although you look at individual performances and say, well, you, you can you can knock holes in most of them, although the Dewhurst was ultimately very impressive, the fact that he just kept turning out and, and uh, turning up and churning out these performances while looking like he was potentially scratching the surface, you know, he wasn't... Caravaggio was the kind of horse if he turned up in this race would go off favourite, but you could see blowing out massively. Mm. You know, the kind of horse who's unbelievably brilliant at his best at two but you don't know how a horse who's that brilliant is going to train on. Churchill wasn't brilliant last year. He was hugely professional and he kept getting the job done and he looked like there was something more to give, which makes you think he's much more likely to train on um, than one or two other brilliant two-year-olds. So I do respect his chances, but, but the way it's priced up at the moment, uh, I think Barney Roy hasn't quite got the credit he deserves. So let me put it to you this way then. If, if on the morning of the 2000 guineas, Churchill hits 15 to 8, do the Delargy millions get diverted Bally Doyle's way, or do you hold fast with Barney Roy, assuming you get a price you want? Uh, the latter. I would, I would say, uh, the way I would say that, I, I wouldn't abandon ship if Churchill drifted like a 7 to 4, 15 to 8. I would say if you want to back him, there is a possibility that on the morning of the race, uh, on the morning of the race, you'll always get a few firms who try to um, you know, push the boundaries, go go very low margin, and try to get money in the satchel early on. So you will get a half decent price. There is the possibility that you get um, a bit of momentum from that, where that's reflected on Betfair, and people will talk up the other three challengers. People will be more aware on the day um, that this looks quite a tight race on paper. 
uh, looking at time form ratings right at the moment, there is um, two pounds between the top three in the market and they all get a time form P. So this looks a really intriguing clash on paper and it doesn't look on ratings a race where you should have an even money favourite. Can I express a little concern about Barney Roy? Go for it. You look at his action and he's got a very long stride, a very exuberant stride and he's raced and won at Haydock and Newbury. I, for one now, will be hiding behind the couch a little bit when he goes down into the dip. I wonder yeah, how possible. well he'll handle that. Okay. Undulations will in, in a race will be a new thing for him come the weekend. And given his stride and his and his mechanics, first time in that situation, it might just catch him out a little bit. Might just small concern. Whereas not something yeah, to, yeah, be, to be to be to be ringing home in tears about, but it, it it's a doubt that's in my mind there. Yeah. Well, when he's getting to the price he is, and he's second favorite now, you have to try and poke holes when you can. Yeah, and that's one thing to be fair that Churchill doesn't have to deal with because he's been he's up been and down in the way, way yeah, yeah. And, and had to deal as, with as and had to deal with traffic and, issues in the dip as well, mm-hmm. which you know really tested that. What yeah. about eminence though? Because every time it seems every single time a Frankel horse wins, the commentator just loses their mind. Yeah, like, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's great. Like annoying. he was a brilliant racehorse, but they're not doing it for see the stars. who is also a brilliant racehorse. Ah, no, I'm all for it. Every single time one of them I, wins. I, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting. It's, yeah, the, the I don't mind is, it. Yeah, is, even, as actually, a, even as a grizzled, uh, even as a grizzled, um, you know, racing professional that, that that probably shouldn't like this type of thing. We'll, I don't mind it. We'll elaborate on this further. But how strong are the painkillers that you were taking on? Uh, how strong are they? Because normally I'm the one who's like, oh no, it's great, and be enthusiastic about it. I'm starting to get really I'm, tired of it. And I was a huge <laughs> Frankel fan. I'm medication free, baby. <laughs> oh, you are. Yeah, yeah. No Lasix on you. Just like the <laughs> horses. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> producer D, uh, Vanessa Ryle's not here, but guess what? The bleep machine, that's 24. Oh, that's fine. 24, <laughs> Oh, that's fine. How much painkillers are you on? Oh, that's fine. I think I think it's 24.45, D. Um, just, to, just to make your life that little bit easier. Uh, let's talk briefly about Eminence, so, as well for Jim Crowley and Martin Mead. And if Martin Mead was to win a classic, that would be a great story in itself, and I'm not being in any way patronising there but he is a Frankel they all want uh, Frankel to go and win by the sounds of things um, what do you make of his chance because he's obviously been to Newmarket on two occasions and he's been pretty visually impressive on both occasions Rory he has I, I, and I like him a lot um, if you ask me for a horse who might dominate um, the entire season as a three year old eminent Oh. would be the one of these that I might be, oh. that might be keenest on I think if there's a derby winner in this field it's eminent oh, yeah, oh. Um, and it'll be really good to see a, a, a Frankel win the derby for all I am a little I'm in the camp of being slightly fed up about being fed Frankel lines every single day um, it is it, it's a positive thing following the, the, the offspring of Frankel but there are other sires who are doing very well as well who don't get <laughs> You don't get anything like that. Not a mention of and, and the worry for me with that is that you will see things that on their own stand out um, as uh, great performances or great spectacles or something that's that's worth celebrating for itself. But when it becomes part of the Frankel sideshow, then you potentially lose a little bit of that. Like father, um, like son in the guineas and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's just it's just a bit too easy to latch onto it yeah. rather than actually dealing with the, the, the facts in front of you if you just go another son of Frankel. 
blah, blah, blah. You, you, you miss out on history a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully Evan is a kind of horse who can make history. He, um, he did hit 90 in the run when he won the Craven last time out. Um, just took a little while to, to sort himself out before coming through strongly to beat Rivet. That's, that's half-decent form. They went hard enough there, um, but that, that didn't give him much of an advantage the way it was run. It did, again, produce what looked a very uh, strong time performance. Mm. Uh, so you've got no issue with that. And you know he handles the track because both his runs have come at Newmarket. The big positive with him as a son of Frankel is that he doesn't look at all flighty. Yeah. He doesn't look at all flighty. And, of course, he comes from the family of, of um, Quarter Moon. Yeah, related to yesterday and a, a daughter of King Mambo. Like, that was a, an incredible pedigree as well. And this. Aidan O'Brien's had quite a few of those and it's been a kind of a, a rich history there. Yeah, proper so, classic family, yeah. This horse has got, in the scheme of things as well, I think, was it 150 you sold for? Yeah, which is less than you'd expect. Well, for that pedigree. Yeah. Especially with all the hype about the Frankels. And generally looking bloodstock, if a price seems too good to be true, it probably is. There was probably some issue there as a yearling. Who knows? Um, but whatever it was, he's he's overcome it so far mm. and the very best to look to him it looks, uh, looks very well bought now by Dermot Farrington so you would say Rory this is one of the best long term prospects in the race but you don't seem to be as keen to back him at the weekend I'm not, ma- I'm not massively against him I, you know as I said I think this is a really fascinating contest it's not, it's not one I want to boil down to that can't win that can't win that can't win lump on this um, I think you can make a case for, for three or four of them at the head of the market I'm, I'm not against eminent if you ask me to to uh, pick one against the field, it would be Barney Roy. Um, but I think you can you can make a decent case for eminence, particularly w- with the, the, the question that Kevin has raised there about um, the unknown about how Barney Roy will handle the track, mm. uh, whereas eminence been there twice. I think he'll be better beyond a mile. The, I would like to back eminence for the derby, is okay. the bottom line. So it's, it's going to be two bets yeah. for Rory. I'm with Rory on the better than a mile. I could see him the way he shaped last time I could see him run a race now where he comes off the bridle two and a half out and comes home really well for third and you think God that's, that might just be the best long term prospect in the race but he just didn't have the pace for this particular test on this particular day uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the horse the horse who was second to George Washington in the 2000 guineas Sir Oh Jesus now you're testing me what was his name runner up to George Washington in the 2000 guineas won the derby afterwards on his next start well, this is one for won the, the quiz. Derby. Yeah, he won the Derby in his next start. I'm not going to cheat here. I'm not going to let me. Dylan, think about Dylan this. Thomas was third in the Derby. Oh, Sir Percy. Sir Percy. Yeah. There you go. That kind of run stuff. Oh, so. Once Sir Percy finished second in the Guineas. Yeah, good God. Yeah. Won a Dewhurst as well, didn't he? Mm. How did you not know that, Rory? You're like the encyclopedia. Too recent. Too recent. Ten years ago. It needs to be at least <laughs> fifty years ago. <laughs> it was nineteen seventy-five. It'll be all right. <laughs> um, yeah. To be fair, it wasn't googled. So well done, Kevin. We'll, uh, we'll give you the we'll give you the acknowledgement of that. Um, Rory's going to go for Barney Roy with uh, an eye to the future with Eminent. You are going to be with. Oh. I'm concerned about Barney Roy. I really like Eminent, but this mightn't be his day. Al Wakir, I respect. I'm going to be really boring here. Oh, the favourite. I'm, I'm going to be really boring. Lump yeah. on the Aidan O'Brien favourite. It isn't the lump on job. Yeah. Take the, take the best morning price. But I, I, this is my weak spot in this preview now. <laughs> I, uh, I have a much, much stronger betting opinion on the Phillies equivalent, but for, for, the, for the Colts race, 
it'll be a, a tentative vote for Churchill. A tentative vote for the horse that could be even money in the 2000 guineas. And we don't have to have a strong opinion on every race. And you can read <laughs> Kevin Blake's articles at AntheRaces.com. Now, he may not have a strong view there, but he does have a strong view in the Phillies race. And it's a horse that he mentioned not so long ago on the Final Furlong podcast when she was a big price. He said to me during the week, and can you please make sure that D comes up with a sweeper involving our favourite TV show? And D answered the call. Winter is coming. Those aren't just the stark words. That's a fact. John, a raven came from the citadel. A white raven. Winter is here. Season 7, coming soon to Sky Atlantic and HBO. And winter is indeed here this Sunday. (laughs) Having switched from David Watchman, she is now under House O'Brien. And she will bid (laughs) to rule the Seven Kingdoms. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Winter is here. Uh, You put this horse up at 50 to 1 after speaking to Aidan O'Brien. So she ran a really good race from from a wide draw in the Leopardstown Irish 1000 Guineas trial where she was finished, uh, she finished second behind uh, Daisy Scal's favourite horse, Hydrangea! (laughs) (laughs) Um, She ran a fine race uh, on debut there. And it seems as though Kevin Blake... Uh, you decided to dip your toe into the Antipost market which you have not done in a very long time and ever since you've done that the trickles of money have started to come through this time last week she was available at 33 to 1 she could now easily be and indeed is second favourite and while she won't be favourite looks as though Wayne Lorden's going to have a nice ride in the 1000 guineas she might be favourite if Ryan Moore rides her <laughs> he's not going to switch <laughs> hey, for you never know from. you never know but yeah, look, it, it, she seems to be very live at the moment. Um, and I'd imagine... And look, she was still 33 to 1 uh, as recently as Sunday, maybe yeah. Monday. And I, I think the reason why it took people a little while to latch on to her is they look at the juvenile form and they say, well, you know, she wasn't much of a two-year-old, was she? But look, she was with David Watchman, who we, we all know had difficulties last season. We've seen quite a few horses um, step up that were two-year-olds that were there last season. And look, she did fine. You know, she was grand when she won her maiden and she's a she's a big filly that was always going to improve from two to three. And I just love the return. I love the return. She, bad draw, posted wide, racing way more freely than ideal, yet she was still only beaten ahead by Hydrandria. I struggled with that one, Desi, as well. It's okay. Um, you know, with, with Rahana behind, who's come Can out in a tremendous late bit, come out and bolted up at the weekend. Looks a lovely filly, intricately Group One winner back and mm. forth. Intricately, intricately, uh, intricately. I, uh, yeah, I'm all over the shop. Painkillers uh, <laughs> are very strong, folks. <laughs> what did I say? Intri- what did I say? You said it intricately. You were absolutely spot on, but she's been called intricately. Okay. In all her races today, mm. by two different commentators. <laughs> I've usually been racing against hydrangea as well made it worse I'm usually the biggest culprit for the mispronunciations <laughs> but look that was a super run if you had ne- if you'd never seen any of those horses in your life and you watched that race blind um, without knowing what was what you'd say jeez that one to finish second is the best horse in that race definitely you know she did very well to finish as close as she did and for a filly that's probably going to be a 10 furlong filly Aiden thinks she might be a 12 furlong filly I thought she showed loads of pace and I would have no concerns about the mile um, going into the guineas and you know sounder surface is going to suit I think there's a lot of upside I think there's a lot of upside look 50s she was 50s for quite a while after that race that was a stupid price it was wrong 
And um, look, there the, he is now, that Mr. Aftertime himself, huh? Oh, yeah, that's I, great, yeah. Oh, it's just the wrong price there, so we all take it there. We'll get involved. Listen, the fact is not already is now, Kevin Blake, okay? And I know now you're on the gravy train at Punchestown and you think you're a great fella, and that's fine, right? But the fact is that, and the stats for this race uh, <laughs> clearly state that it's all changed for Aidan O'Brien. It used to be you have to have a run, uh, which would fit your horse there, winter, not a problem at all. But the great thing for the favourite backers, lads, and we all love a good Aidan O'Brien train favourite in the Guinea is that he proved last year undeniable fact that he can win first time out in the 1000 guineas and uh, lads we should all just be lumping on the Ryan Moore horse rhododendron don't worry at all about don't complicate your mind boys <laughs> don't keep complicate it nice and your quiet mind. <laughs> nice and quiet here now do the old double lads the Churchill rhododendron double happy days see you lads bye well, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting point Norville makes because I, I ran the stats on this um, and they build up to this race last season and there was a real trend you really wanted to be with Aidan O'Brien's fillies that had the benefit of a prep run his record despite having a heap of fancied horses that went straight there his record was far far better with horses that, that had a run and of course Minding and Alice Springs came out and ran Stormers last season mm. and I, I, I quizzed him about it a couple of weeks afterwards and he said well look I yeah we changed things basically we tinkered with the system with a view to getting the Phillies more forward and we felt it worked well and they're definitely more forward than um, many of our Phillies have been going there for the first run of the season so one can only assume with Aiden, I think things will change constantly as he sees to make it better but given that it went so well last season you can imagine that he'll be looking to achieve the same this season in the words of Bill O'Reilly though the now departed Bill O'Reilly from Fox News caution you're about to enter the no-spin zone. you got to be careful here because Minding is an exceptional horse. Mm. And to be fair, Alice Springs is not too bad either. Like She's a Group 1 winner from last season. So they are two exceptional horses to go and do what they did. It doesn't necessarily mean that all of Aiden's horses will now go and do this. That is a great point well made. Not- and, and if it was true that he was doing something different with the Phillies generally, then we'd expect his strike rate with three-year-old Phillies in the spring to be better now than it has been in the past. Good show. Mm. Which uh, I would say it hasn't been. His strike yeah. rate with three-year-old fillies um, on turf this spring has been very ordinary. And another point... Uh, first time out, that is. Um, uh, obviously, you've, you've had... Um, uh, he Hi- dominated Hydrandria. the Thousand um, Guineas trial. Mm. But a lot of reasonably well-fancied fillies have been turned over. Yeah, and the thing is, compa- if you want to compare this year to last year, again, in terms of weather... I'd be pretty adamant now that most trainers around the country would say that this spring has been a better spring for preparing yep. fillies than last spring was. So theoretically, they should be more forward again. But I'm not. I don't want to get too swayed by a sample of one of last season. No, no. And I'm exactly. ha- I'm happier with the benefit have them having the benefit of a run, especially a run as good as that. Yeah, yeah. You know, at the, end the other of the, thing to bear in mind with that, of course, is um, this has been a better spring for preparing fillies generally, and that's because. Phillies are just harder to deal with generally than colts and geldings, particularly geldings. Isn't that right, um, D? Which, which is why it's it's just harder to rely on a short-priced filly mm. in a race like this when you don't have recent form to go on. Yeah. Because they can train off very quickly, they can improve very quickly, uh, and you'd much rather take a short price about the 2,000 guineas favourite than a short price about the 1,000 guineas favourite historically, wherever they're coming from. Yeah, I think the Phillies, it'd be fair to say, they're a little bit more environmentally sensitive and uh, look I th- it's a straightforward enough call for me like she's run a stormer she's looked the best filly in the race she's beaten Hydrandria who um, who Aiden was, was saying you know, basically was very he felt she was very straight 
going into that she was ready to rumble and she's beaten ahead by her hydrangea was up the arses of all these good fiddies last season Yeah. second to Rhododendron twice short head second to, to intricately um, intricately now you're making me paranoid Rory no, you were right you were right, right. <laughs> intricately <Sorry. laughs> uh, and look Rahana has come out and given the form an almighty boost at the weekend yeah. in, in being very yeah. impressive at Nace so look that, my mind's made up my mind was made up and, and to be fair I probably did sound like a horrendous aftertimer when, when talking about the price there a few minutes ago but I, the, I think the quote was three weeks ago 50 to 1 is a wild price uh, <laughs> Producer D what yeah. price did you get about winter three weeks ago? Oh, for goodness sake. You, you, got, you got 50s. Right, did, <laughs> you got 50s. <laughs> 50 to 1, producer D is on it. And that was for her, not for me. That is. Uh, what, what price did? Um, what price were you allowed on it? I'm afraid Kevin got 40s for his trouble. Did, okay, did you just take the one swing at 40s and that's that? Um, no, I did. <laughs> I did a couple of things I haven't done for a long, long time. I was feeling frisky that morning. <laughs> because, Careful now. What? <laughs> Oh, very frisky for me in a, in a betting sense, of course. Um, because Dean's going to walk out. I, I haven't had an anti-post bet in the classics in the, on any of the classics for years, listeners. For years, it's just not something I. It's something I got out of doing. Mm. Um, and that particular morning, I had a few quid on winter at forties, and I had a few quid on the horse. That I'm, I'm. We will talk about before this podcast is yep. over for the derby. Stay tuned. Um, and I even had a little each weight up. <laughs> I feel so. I feel, which, I feel so filthy. Which made me feel better because that's exactly <laughs> what I've done. I, I have not thing. had a double of any description for a decade. I, I'm not, over a decade. I, I, but that's one hundred percent honest. I'm pretty certain that I did it the night we recorded. I told. I was telling you to do yeah, it. You yeah. were doing it right. So you were saying it to D and me. It rhymes. And so the two of us, the two of us did it, right? Oh, and, then, and the next day, I get, you know, you get the text notification, and it comes up as a preview on your on your screen. It's like the text read something on the lines of Kendi, I've done something I haven't done for years. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm after, I'm after having a filthy chewing double in the anti-post market. It's like, come on, Kevin, yeah. we got your back. It'll probably be the last one I do for a decade now. But I, like I say, I was. <laughs> Feeling a bit frisky that morning, lads. So, uh, God, you're still saying it. Still saying it. Uh, so the bookmakers are running scared of Kevin Blake's filthy each way double. Uh, you are firmly in the uh, House Bally Doyle uh, winter camp and you firmly believe that she can winter is here and all of the headlines are going to be Oh, look, I'll be, be delighted if Ryan, if, I'm sure Wayne is going to ride her, but Ryan could ride her. We don't know what's going on in Bally Doyle. Rhododendron could be working like a drain for all we know. So the agreement is that Wayne has joined Bally Doyle Coolmore. He works there full time, yeah. But essentially, he's riding what David had last year. Um, that's just um, that's not a that's not a a rule set in stone. I'd imagine that's just the case of Wayne. You sat in her last year. Would you like to sit in her again? Okay. But if it's the case that Ryan gives the knock on the door and says, "Hey, I'd I'd rather ride Winter," and uh, maybe he'll get the maybe he'll get the choice. Okay. And Ryan would have the choice. It's not a case of Aiden says, I want you to ride that oh, one. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd imagine, like, Ryan doesn't be in Paddy Doyle riding work. Um, so I'd imagine he's very much guided. I, I'm sure he'll have his own opinion based on what he's felt sitting on them before, but I'd imagine he'd be guided. And it'd be a case of Aiden probably putting him on what he thinks has the best chance, perhaps. But again, we're speculating. Well, in that race, he wrote Promise to be True. 
who was well down the field. Mm. Um, so you'd imagine that he would stay loyal to the Group 1 winner. Yeah, but you know, Winter was rated 89 and look at the choices he had in that race. They're all rated 110 plus his other yeah. choices. It would have been a sensation if he sat on the, the, the 89 rated field. Oh, of course it would. And she's now up to 106, is it? Uh, 106, like yeah. So she's already yeah. improved um, cons- considerably. She's only 10 pounds lower than Rhododendron and there's more improvement to come, clearly. Oh, I think I really think so, yeah. And like Aiden was saying, he thinks she's probably more of a middle distance filly. For me, the way she's shaped now, I'd be more than happy at a mile. Okay. More wouldn't wouldn't concern me at all. Um, her her dam was very. Her dam won the Wokingham, um, but we know what Galileo can do. And that was Laddie's poker too, wasn't it? The yeah. the the boys yeah. had him with Jerry Minasida, the yeah. lads. Yeah, yeah, they landed the right touch that day. It was the day Star Spangled Banner won the. I was, there, I was there that day, yeah. Good day. Yeah, good. Ah, yeah, on the old gravy train back then. Uh, I, I was working at that, that meeting, actually, yeah. Hands on. We had a runner in the walking of. That's right. Medisha man. That's right. Um, so before we wrap this up from your perspective, you are firmly in winter's camp. Do, would you like a small each way alternative if you've missed the gravy well, train? Well, first of all, I'm asking you, at what point does the price become too short? Oh, it's getting close now. She's like eight to one. I d- she could definitely get short her fried more rides her, but if he doesn't, she's she's probably not going to short much more. Surely can't really, can she? I don't think so. I think the question to ask Kevin there is, in the light of the thousand guineas trial at Leopardstown, how would you have priced her and hydrangea up the guineas after that? Oh, I probably would have went sixteen hydrangea, twelve splinter, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. To be honest, I think sure. Hydrangea was still at 12s or 14s. She was cut into 12s or 14s after that run, and Winter yes. was 50s. Like, that's just a bananas bit of that pricing. Makes no sense at all. And I'm not, yeah. I'm not after timing now, but I, in the cold light of day, that's just a bananas piece of, uh, well, of, that was, of compiling. I'll tell, I'll tell you what that is. That's just a. Uh, we, we rate Hydrangea on the two year old form. Yeah. We know how good she was last year, and this proves she's trained on. Therefore, she's ticked a box, she gets cut. Yeah. the price uh, cut isn't based on the form of the race which is very interesting and we'll, we'll, we'll touch on it a bit more um, but it's just about she she's ticked a box and everything else in the race wasn't that interesting uh, did uh, intricately get knocked out on the back of that um, I don't think she was much the same I think they left yeah, her alone. Yeah, she was much the same yeah. I think they left her as she was that was a good run too mm. that was a yeah, run, yeah. I wouldn't mind that run at all and she's a group one winner from last year's old course. I think Tony Keenan might have taken her today. Beating Hydrangea. Did he now? I think he might have, yeah. Ah, well, colleague Tony Keenan, who'll be back on the show next week. So, uh, you're firmly in the winter camp. Yep. You're each well alternative. Um, I would, and I, she might be, she might go off a bigger price than she is now, because I, I think she'll be amongst the outsiders. But see if Grace, I'll give one more chance to. Definitely. Okay. Really liked her for John Ox last season. She, she beat Azira in the in the what do we call it the the Flame Tara at the Curra and if you watch back that race I thought she did ex- excuse me I thought she did exceptionally well to win those painkillers are really tough on you she, uh, she, had, she had to win the race twice I think if Declan McDonough could ride it again he would have, he would have taken his time a little bit more I think she probably surprised them in the turn of foot she showed because she ends up getting to the front there two fur- fully two furlongs out and probably gets a little bit idle. And Azira, who's a very good filly, I have high regard for Azira as well. She could be an Irish 1000 Guineas filly. Um, and she's come to beat her. And see if Grace is picked up again. 
It was, a, it was a tremendous performance I thought mm. and really marked her out as a potential classic horse look we know what's happened since the choice have moved her horses to different trainers mm. this filly has gone to Willem Haggis uh, she's finished behind Daban in her trial there in the Nell Gwen um, just too free just too free and I suspect the way she's shaped suggests that to me Anoy that she'll come on quite a bit from that she'll be all the better with the run under her she'll want to settle um, going back to a mile but we know stamina isn't an issue given what she do- did in the Flame and Tara but as long as she settles better um, I can see her running a big race now at a nice price OK so she's a 20 to 1 shot Winter is I think the biggest price you can get is 10s God the 10s is drying up that's nuts she's into single figures already and that is Kevin Blake's main bet I would say for the weekend Oh, definitely. Yeah, main hope for sure, yeah. 100%. All right, Rory Delargy, your thoughts on the 1,000 guineas at Newmarket on Sunday? Um, I was just touching on that 1,000 um, guineas trial because um, I, the horse that I put up for this when I was asked a couple of days ago on a podcast was Intricately, um, who I thought shipped really well. I, I thought that was a very good trial, mm. um, the, the Leperstein race. Um and you could tell from the way it was run that Hydrangea was was very well forward. She got a, she got a, a stronger ride from Porig Beggy than various of the horses who chased her home. Um, and one who I thought was looked after was Intricately, who finished um, fourth, beaten just over a length and a half. She got one smack with a whip um, from Donoha, uh, and then she was nudged out hands and heels. She essentially followed the winner home. Um, and while there has been a bias against horses racing on the inside at Leperstein, I, I don't think there was one um, on that occasion. But she gave the impression that this was a race that was was destined to set her up um, for a big run in the Guineas. Uh, we know her form stacked up very well last season. I'd rather she didn't bother going to the Breeders' Cup, to be perfectly honest. Um, but she won the the uh, Moyglar Stud Stakes. Uh, again, a race in which... Um, uh, Ryan Moore was riding Promise to be True who was sent off a short price favourite that day and again disappointed she clearly shows an awful lot at home for Ryan to constantly be on her against um, the likes of Rhododendron and um, and Hydrangea but that's cl- that's clearly very solid form um, the more glare stud sticks it's, it's a, one of the few early closing group ones um, and intricately and Hydrangea um, fought the race out um, Hydrangea I thought was very very game um, she went down by a short head in the end, but intricately, similarly, fought really hard there to give Joseph... Was that Joseph's first group one? It was. Um, As a trainer, no, obviously. No hint of a fluke about it. Nope. And Rahana was back and forth. We talked about Rahana earlier on. She boosted the form of, of that um, Thousand Guineas trial, having come out and won at the weekend. Uh, so there's no reason to doubt the form at all. It's, it, it's, I know it, wasn't a, it was a group three contest, but it's group one form, essentially. Well, there are group one form lines... Uh, tied up in it and I thought intricately shipped really well so I thought the horses who were ignored coming out of that were very interesting I'm not sure that the um, the English trials have been particularly strong um, Sea of Grace who Kevin mentioned uh, finished fifth in the Nell Gwynn she traded odds on in the run that day having come from near the back of the field um, so that's an interesting point she 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 was too free to get home, but she still made a, a really big move to look like she was going to win the race briefly before flattening out. So she's she's worth bearing in mind at a price. Um, again, Daban's the obvious one from that, given that um, she was coming into that straight off a maiden win 
and Joan Gosling thought she was fit to, to stick in the race and she's, she's obviously the sexy one in the contest uh, I know that Hugo Palmer thinks a lot of unforgettable Philly I think she'll improve for the step up to a mile her, her form at two doesn't doesn't give her the same sort of chances um, as the Irish fillies. So it looks like that, that Nell Gwynn just lags behind a little bit. But fillies, you know, the, the issue with them is that they suddenly improve at times when you don't expect them to. And you've got to pay a lot more attention to the three-year-old form if there is any in the book um, than, than the, the two-year-old races. But as I said, I, I thought intricately, who's like 18 to one generally, or there's certainly in, in enough places for you to get that price. Was um, was now overpriced. You, you can't really pack winter now. I think it was a, it's an exceptionally good point that um, her her price post that uh, Thousand Guineas trial was absolutely bonkers because the form looks really solid, um, and you couldn't have her two, three, four times the price of fillies that she split in the race. But of course, she's eight to one now, and the market has has overcompensated. I think whatever chance she thinks she has. I think she might just drift out a little bit now. Um, and um, intricately, was, I don't think she's got an outstanding chance. I, I just think on her two-year-old form, she's got a very good chance. She's tough. She's been prepared for this. And she she showed all the right attributes on her return. She'll improve for that run. And I think she'll um, she'll go reasonably well. I think it's a tough race. I think you, you can give a chance to seven or eight of them, to be perfectly honest with you. But... Um, 18 to 1 intricately or arguably maybe a little bit bigger than that depending on on um, who's going to be punted between now and then yeah god if is, I put a gun to your head rhododendron's probably going to drift isn't she I would think so yes yeah yeah. unless the lads especially, especially if Ryan doesn't ride oh god imagine <laughs> well let's not um, cause the panic you know because there's no knocking the... rhododendron it's just that we know that Philly's um well, her form isn't miles better than, than anything else on the whole, aside from um, the Phillies' mile win. The Phillies' mile win reads really well, mm. but the rest of her form ties in very closely with half a dozen other Phillies. Yeah. Uh, and unless, she, unless we know she stepped forward again, she looks a little bit vulnerable given the nature of these races. She, she could bolt up, but her form ties in so closely to winter and mm. to uh, intricately that you can look at those horses at much bigger price and say well I can back that so yeah and one thing I'd say yeah. that anyone that read the, the stable tour that I did with Aiden you, you'd notice that the entry for Rhododendron isn't very extensive and that's that wasn't for lack of probing now he just didn't have a whole lot to say about her he wasn't being effusive like he was with, with plenty of the others and if you want to read into that by all means do um, hang on now this isn't Frankie Tightlips we're talking about well me reading between the lines I didn't get the impression he was jumping and roaring about her and I think that comes across in, in what I've reproduced there yeah you know compared to certainly the, his other big three year olds he had very little to say about her which you wouldn't necessarily expect for one that's a short price foul for the guineas which you can read into that if you wish I, I read into it a little bit myself alright well Stannis Baratheon warned <laughs> Ned Stark warned Anyone who doesn't watch the Game of Thrones is going to be watch the on about. Pop yourself on and start watching it. Winter is coming. Winter is here. And uh, that's the main selection for Kevin Blake. Intricately, the selection for Rory DeLarge. It's all about the House O'Brien. So this weekend, essentially. Uh, what else should we be watching out for over the weekend? There's the Group 2 Jockey Club Stakes as well. Uh, Seventh Heaven could run. It's not a great race, though, Rory. 
No, it doesn't look it doesn't look a terribly um, a strong affair, and um, as long as you know that um, uh, that Aidan O'Brien is intending to run seventh heaven, she looks to have an, an extremely good chance. Mm. Um, it, it just it looks an ordinary. I looked at the betting for this, and the the third favourite is um, Galapiat, who, in fairness, is you know is a kind of horse. You would have had on your on your list of handicappers you must follow um, after he won on his debut for Mark Johnson. Mark Johnson trained the dam, Lady Jane Digby, um, and he um, he joined um, Johnson from Andre Fab at the start of the season. Bolted up at Leicester on his return off a mark of eighty five, and you thought this horse could do some damage. He then was turned out quickly um, off his his new market Epsom and bolted up but in a, in the worst race you could possibly imagine for the grade <laughs> really I mean he made all the running he wasn't challenged at any stage um, he, the uh, the tempo of the race really suited a front runner the time figure is very ordinary and while you know he you really want to have him on side for a big big mile and a half handicap you couldn't be backing him for for a group 2 group 1 at a mile and a half he, he's entered in the um the Coronation Cup, for example. And he may well be an absolute superstar, but he didn't look one for Andre Fab. Um, and I think he's just taken advantage of some lenient handicapping based on his French form. Mm. The fact that he's third favourite suggests that this is there for the taking. And Seventh Heaven is the best form in the race. Yeah, so you'd imagine she would win. Anything else? Palace House Stakes, Kimberella, the all the finals day winner? Yeah, uh, I think Kimberella's had his fun, um, uh, all things considered. Um I thought last year's Palace House winner, who sprung a bit of a shock at the time, um, would probably win again, given that he's a um, he's a horse who tends to do his best running early in the season. That's profitable. Mm. Um, he was he improved a big chunk in his two-year-old form as a three-year-old, and then lost his form a little bit late in the season. And then last year he really stepped up. He won this. Uh, he won the Temple Stakes and he won the King Stand, and then he just went a little bit back. He probably didn't stay six furlongs in the July Cup in fairness when he was fourth. Uh, in a very strong contest, and and that was his, that wasn't far behind his best form. Um, was then beaten in the um, in the Abai and beaten in the um, in the Nunthorpe, um, and you could argue he's vulnerable on those pieces of form. But on the form he showed early season, he would have an outstanding chance. And because they all tie in quite closely together, I don't think he's going to go off a short price. You know, his wins came. I think he was 20s when he won this last year. 20s on Betfair, certainly. He then won the Temple Stakes at um, at eight to one, uh, and he was four to one when he won the King Stand. So he's not going to go off at like a six to four, um, even money shot. I think he's going to be something close to four to one on the day, which would make him look an interesting bet. Uh, again, the draw can have an effect here on quick ground. Um, historically, you want to be reasonably close to the stands rail. Um, and if he was drawn out in the wing, that would be a bit of a concern. But he's the most interesting of these at this stage. At Leopardstown, it oh, is yes. Derby Trial Day, Derrinstown Stud Derby Trial Day, 3.20 uh, live on At The Races. And there is a horse that you want to talk about. It's going to line up here, Kevin Blake. There is. And this was the other half of my double. <laughs> <laughs> here it comes, <laughs> folks. Here it comes. This feels like an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> the horse that I back for the Derby and is going to run here, and I, and um, I'm hoping is going to go bolt up is uh, Yucatan. Go on, yeah, boy. Yeah, he's a, he's a horse, and he takes a small bit of explaining. He shouldn't really, but he does. Look, he, he's by Galileo out of six perfections. 
who we all remember I'm sure Bard are very young listeners and look he was a very good two year old he won his maiden he went and he was second in the maturity second in the Racing Post Trophy I really liked his comeback at Leopardstown in the Bally Sacks uh, Ryan decided to ride him over Capri he was sent off Fav and for me he just shaped like that he needed the run uh, Aiden said as much he, he very much he went above and beyond confirming it to the, to the extent that I thought he would actually he said you know he just did so well over the winter that he was very worried going there that he was just going to be too heavy and they felt that it just really caught him out Ryan was very happy with him and he couldn't have emphasised much more now that he, he didn't just think he'd improve he'd think he'd improve a lot and that he could be a very nice colt and that just sort of backed up what I had in my own head about him and another factor that I have in my head with him is you watch him move he wants fast ground he hasn't had that many chances on it you know there was an ease in it in the Batty Sacks it was horribly testing ground the day he finished second to Capri in the Futurity and it's going to be lovely at Leopardstown on Sunday you can imagine the weather forecast is very good all through this week and with the improvement that I think the physical improvement should be forthcoming for the Bally Sacks look I'd be hopefully he'd go and, uh, and hack up to be honest I know he's got Capri's probably going to be in opposition again and look Capri shaped very well in his own right behind him in the Bally Sacks he missed the kick that race was disastrous for him he's not the quickest horse in the world Capri but he tends to keep finding mm. and to miss the kick was just a disaster Shami Heffernan was very considerate on him uh, which was understandable in the circumstances so I'd expand Shami seemingly jumped off and felt and, and said to Aiden that he felt that Capri was you know was the best horse in the race that things just went hor- horrifically wrong for him on the day so look it's a very fair rival for him but given both the angles to the potential improvement the ground and the physical improvement I'd be hoping Yucatan could, could go and put Capri away nicely and if he does that he's he's not going to be 20-1 to 1 for the derby afterwards lads No you'd imagine not now when most people think about Aidan O'Brien's uh, horses for the Epsom Derby this wouldn't necessarily be towards the top of most of people's lists and one of the reasons for that is because you want to back what you think um, looks the most exciting type maybe it's an exciting maiden winner uh, the horse that Johnny particularly talked about who won at Goran Park but Eclipse you, Moher Eclipse Moher but you got the you got a really good sense from it or Sir John Lever even I did I thought I got a really good feel off him I got a really good feel off him about him he's got a beautiful pedigree and look the ground I think is going to be a big thing for him watch him move it's it's worth watching you know that this horse wants rattling ground not just good ground I think he wants rattling fast ground to be seen at his very best and I just think he'll he'll be well equipped for it all. I think he'll stay at a mile and a half, no problem. And just look at just have a look at the Derby field. Churchill, I could see, easily see him not turning up. Eminent. There are, there are very few in the Derby that that have the profile uh, in the betting for the Derby have the profile for the race at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and look, of course, we're coming into trial season now, the, the the real big trials. So we're going to learn an awful lot in the next few weeks. But I think we're going to learn a lot about Yucatan on Sunday. Yeah, all being well and I could see him being very close to the top end of that market if it goes as, as I hope it will and look Cliff Samoher and Sir John Lavery two lovely Colts but they've got to go and prove it yeah. Yucatan has already shown Group 1 form in circumstances that were far from ideal you know and I think don't forget Douglas MacArthur was Derby favourite about 6 months ago yeah, yeah. Actually, about, <laughs> about 11 months ago <laughs> yeah and, to be, and he, he ran very well and I think to be fair Aiden, I know a lot of people would have would be gone off Douglas MacArthur at this stage given how much he's disappointed but he did make a convincing case that he'll be much better this season that he's just woken up and that he should be better again um, so look I, I I just can really see the case for him 
I can really see the case with him improving. Could be totally wrong, but I, I was happy to take the chance now at 20. And he still is 20s. He was that price three weeks ago. He's still generally that price across the board. And uh, look, in terms of a speculative each way bet, you know, if he goes and does what I hope he will on Sunday, he'll be certainly half that. Maybe less if he goes and does it nice. Uh, runs in the Flaxman stable colours, which is essentially still the Nearcos family. Yeah, yeah, who, who raised six perfections, of course. Mm. It'd be great to see those colours on, on the very biggest stage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we it's, did in the Breeders' Cup of Multidimensional. We might at Royal Ascot with that Jessica Harrington filly. She was nice. She was very impressive. Mm. But uh, it's it's nice. Like, these aren't quite the Nearcos silks. Those Nearcos silks are very detailed they're, do you remember they're, um, slightly, they're slightly different in Ireland than they are in the UK yeah, yeah well this is yeah this thing. is Flaxman Stables these are almost like the ones that they're racing in America but um, they've had some fantastic horses over yeah. the years I know you'll remember Emmett but I, not uh, some of the listeners will, will remember I'm sure do you remember a horse that Aidan used to train in those colours called Mingan yeah, uh, oh, he, yeah. The, he had the world at his feet yeah he, did t- he was a bit disappointed but god I loved him early on yeah so did I he was a group three I'm looking winner. Here. He's, he's 17 now. Is he? God, we're so old. <laughs> oh, Lord. We're so old. Mingan. On the, by the way, on the subject of those of those colours, if you're if you're uh, reminiscing about them, you've got another entry in this race. Uh, well, you've got um, Diodorus who runs in the colours. He's, yeah. he's out of divine proportions. Yeah, yeah. He was a, a, a pre- uh, French um, Guineas and Oaks winner in the same colours as well and was talked about as being well, like I'm the best I'm afraid to say Diodorus is on very unlikely to win a derby based on his form to date yeah she was being talked about as being like the best the best filly she, she the was brand. exceptional yeah yeah, yeah. 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 yeah she was oh. very talented. they've had some great horses over the pedigree. years they really have had yeah, it's going to be a proper race now and it, it's going to be very informative I think mm. and uh, yeah hopefully Yucatan will go and absolutely bold <laughs> <laughs> That's the flat. Uh, you now know uh, that uh, Kevin Blake has dipped his toe back into the anti-post betting markets and you know who he's on. Winter at 40s with the double uh, with Yucatan. So if Winter wins the 1,000 guineas and Yucatan bolts up, Kevin Blake can't do the Siege of Venice and we'll explain why later on but you'll be doing a huge uh, you'll be waving one crutch in the air it'll be an exciting golden. couple of weeks yeah be a lot of you'll, prob- you'll probably have a few bookmakers ringing up saying oh, Kevin uh, would you like what if we were to offer you this Kevin what if we get- can we can we, uh, can we get out of this one please well I maybe I'm overestimating how much people listen to me in this podcast but <laughs> to be fair they were, they were both put up at the same time three weeks ago so maybe mm. someone else did the same thing and that'd be nice yeah, well hopefully. it might be horrible if they both go and get smashed on yeah, Sunday if they but... both go and get absolutely safe. if Yucatan and uh, Winterbuck get stuffed on Sunday there won't be a word yeah but hopefully, hopefully there's someone there alongside me lads <laughs> yeah hopefully I very much hope Yucatan wins because I can I can um, resurrect my Clive James meme <laughs> That's lost. Out. That's I, I, lost on me. Sorry. I mentioned it on, a, on one of these podcasts before, or somewhere else. Every time I hear Yucatan, all I can think of is Clive James and his Margarita Prakatan. Do you remember that? No. You got. Well, you got. To, you got to Google it. Have a look on YouTube. On Clive James's um, TV show where he where he yeah. looks at you know all sorts of bizarre television from across the world. He had this this woman from Bolivia called Margarita Prakatan who was a cleaner, but she played the 
keyboards and sang as well. God, we thought Emmett was the only Absolute one for the, the obscure references. I told you, <laughs> I told you, Line of Duty is a good show, by the way. Game of Thrones is coming back very soon, and you're going to have to just watch lots of TV for the next few uh, weeks. I, I bet Margarita Prakatan becomes a bigger hit than than any of your references. Like Line of Duty. Uh, or, I'll take know. I'll take that bet. By the way, I'll take that bet. Uh, uh, winter it, winter has, is coming. Is going to be the front page yeah, of the race of post them. Sure, of course it is. Of course it is. Particularly if Ryan rides her. Um, yeah, even he didn't say it on the show, but Tony Keenan's a huge Line of Duty fan as well. And of course, you're a huge. No, I've never watched Line of Duty. Uh, no, no, but you're a huge Game of Thrones fan. Oh, yeah, very much so, yeah. Massively so. Coming soon. Sky Atlantic. Can't wait. Right. Um, from the flat to the jumps, it was a thrilling conclusion to the jumps campaign oh, at Punchestown. Being there to see Jacket Amp. Oh, so painful! Next time, in person. In person, King, well, King George and the postman, perhaps. I've decided. It's <laughs> already been put up in the racing post for the King George. What? Oh, what? Better than next year. Because I've I've decided that the the next big anti-post project, aside from Winter in Yorkton, should be Jack and M to win the King George. Oh, Common Lord. sense will surely prevail, and he'll run there. But. <laughs> What a finish between sizing John Jacket and McConaughey. And to talk about McConaughey, first of all, like this was him back to his the old days of, of his swagger in the Gold Cup where he just went out in and, and the Felton Novices chase where he made all the running. It was a relentless gallop. He then clouted one down the back and it would have been so easy for him to just go, oh, that's it, thanks very much. Uh, but he didn't. He went back onto the bridle again, and then when they came to him, he fought back again and added to a fantastic finish. Jack Adam, I thought, ran a great race again. He just comes up short, but he definitely deserves one of these. But Sizing John is definitely, without question, horse of the year in the jumps. Oh, big shout. Probably fair, be. probably a fair shout. Has to uh, be. Just a fantastic horse race. All three of them, in different ways, just ran absolute stormers. I was just super impressed with Sizing John because I don't think he was at his best at all. No. I thought he was flat. Um, not horrendously flat, but I thought he was a bit flat. And to do, to he almost looked as though it's now at the point where he's gone from being a two miler to being three miles being too short for him. Not even that. I just think he's had a hard, he's had a hard season. Mm. That yeah. though, that yeah. like, like it's, it's. We talked about it leading up in the Cheltenham, the record of horses, you know, winning the Irish Gold Cup and going on to Cheltenham is is pretty horrendous. And he's gone and done that, and then backed up at Punchestown which is not an easy thing to do I think the last horse to do the Cheltenham Punchestown double would have been War of Attrition and Kicking King mm. you know that's a while ago too and um, there have been a lot of a lot of Gold Cup winners who've run really badly yeah yeah. Or, you know, or, or horses who maybe ought to have won a Gold Cup I mean, Coup card ran badly last year for example and Cotto Star ran appallingly and Denman fitted the trousers yeah 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 um, so for him to win all three is just unreal. I just hope it doesn't leave a mark on him. To be, to be honest, because well, he's young enough that it shouldn't. But we can't take for granted that Coney Gree is now only having his third start, having won the Gold Cup, and that the previous winner, Don Cossack, uh, last year's winner, never raced again. Yeah, staying chasers. You just you just can't take it for granted that they're going to stay sound. There's, we've no evidence at all that this fella has ever had a problem, and hopefully it stays that way. Because by God. He's talented, he's quick, he stays, and Jesus, he showed he really wanted it the other day, didn't he? Mm. He stuck his head down. It would have been easy for him to chuck that in. Yeah. And he, given the circumstances, given that he probably wasn't feeling his very best, he stuck his head down and he battled. Just a, just a, a beautiful horse race now. And, you know, your, your heart goes out to Jack Adam. Um, and Coney Gree ran a stormer in, but for me it was all about Tyson John in, brilliant in person we were there by the the last fence 
the mistake the jacket I made at the last was actually worse in person than it was on the ATR cameras. It's a funny one because you, look, you look at it at the head on, you say, Jesus, made a terrible mistake. But then you look at the side on, he doesn't seem to have lost massive amounts of momentum. But sure, look, it obviously cost him something. Mm. And that something is probably more than he was beaten by. But I still think Sizing John would have pulled it out, though. He might have. He might have. I don't know. It would have been touching going now. But anyway, mm. what happened happened. And Sizing John pulled it out of the fire. And I just my fingers are crossed now that he has a lovely long summer of grass and comes back in sound as a bell because I I re, I'm really looking forward to seeing him take on the novices coming through Tissel crack coming back might bite you know um, our Duke he'll be winning the champion chase he'll never see Sizing John in his life. Um, <laughs> Your kill. <laughs> and just there's just an array of really nice novices there. And we've got a proper horse to set the standard for him now. And look, if Thistlecrack comes back, by God. You know, I know we did this last season. We were talking about how wonderful the Sting Chase division was going to be. And they all ended up, a lot of them ended up on the sidelines or worse. So we'll yeah. just cross our fingers and hope for the best because it, it could shape up to just be an absolutely unbelievable division next season. Yeah, Rory, it was a thrilling finish to the campaign for Sizing John. It was, um, yeah. Kevin, Kevin's made all the valid points, really, um, and, and he had to grind it out. I mean, I think that's that. If, if Kevin is right that he that he ran flat and he lost the shoe in the race as well, yes. Um, then it, you know it shows it shows the depth of his character as well as of, of his ability that he could win ugly on the day. And it was just a wonderful race to watch, and that's why that's why we love top class jumps action and and you know horses of Gold Cup standard. Uh, and it was tremendous to see not just that race, but Punchestown really stepping up to the mark and producing races that, that were better than Cheltenham's this year. And Cheltenham, it was not a bad Cheltenham festival by any stretch of the imagination, but Punchestown for once absolutely trumped it. Ooh. It was tremendous from day one to, to finish. Uh, and that was probably the highlight. But you can dig out half a dozen others. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we will. There. And we will. Uh, that was a, a stunning finish. Let's map out the campaign for Sizing John next season. Do you keep him in Ireland or do you go for King George next season, Kevin Blake? You've got our Duke. I haven't thought about it too deeply. Our Duke is, is probably more of a Lexus horse than a King George mm. horse, you'd say, yeah. with, with certainty. Yeah, sure, why not? Or do you let them take each other on? Nah, avoid that until the Gold Cup. Mm. So It'd be unnecessary. It- is anyone interested in the million pound bonus anymore? Well, or were I, they ever interested in the I million pound bonus? I wonder, will Willie decide next year, oh, let's just try and win one of these big grade ones with Jack Adam. And I'd be shocked if he doesn't try <laughs> and win either at Haydock or at Kempton. Because what's the point? You're not going to win the Gold Cup with them. You know you're not going to do that. Um, he might, does like the Durkin though, doesn't he? He does mm. like the John Durkin, but you've got other horses for that race. Yeah, yeah. And well, the jacket would be looking for a, for a chaplain in the Durkin, wouldn't he? You would, but I don't see why the Jockey Club million pound treble as as of yet hasn't worked. It was too late notice the first time around, and no one really picked up the mantle. Like okay, Q card went for it, but well, it's, no, it's, it's always going to appeal to to connections like Q card, mm. smallish owners, um, in the grand scheme of things, and trainers who've got something to prove. You know, it's basically your way of saying, I'm as good as the big guys. Whereas if you are the big guys in terms of, of the clout you have as an owner and your ambitions as a trainer, then these bonus um, schemes don't really make that much appeal to you. Yeah. Or if you're if you're a flash hurry, they, they make appeal to you as well. 
because they allow you to make a statement. Um, but most most big owners and most big trainers aren't aren't really in that category. Um, and you know, a couple of years ago, Colin Tizard and the bishops. They were. I mean, the million pound made a huge difference to them. And of course, it, it makes a big difference to a small yard as well, because it goes to the stable staff and the jockey mm. as well. Um, but for a big yard, it's slightly less important. Would Jessica go um, for it? Would she try it? I don't think so. Could be wrong, but I don't think so. Mm. I have a feeling Jack and I will... He might start in the John Dorkin, but I think he'll go for the King George. Oh, Lee Mullins bingo in May. Oh. Sure. Well, we've already done it in the last podcast with York. That was in April. Um, <laughs> so the guineas is next weekend, man. <laughs> There's always time for put Lee the bingo, bingo machine away. Oh, the best thing about it is Willie's going to have flat horses this season as well. Oh, so Lord. Willie Mullins bingo continues. <laughs> Who's going to be on the trip to Melbourne? Um, <laughs> Willie Mullins bingo. He just wants it to keep on rolling. Uh, all right, Fox Norton got the better of Underso back down in trip. Um, we'll talk about Underso first of all. Was he vulnerable on that ground and down in trip? I I don't think it was the trip. Might have been the ground. I don't think it was the trip. Um, just beat my good horse, wasn't he? Mm. Very yeah. good horse yeah. that stays well and just beat him. Okay, that's your assessment. Just of, beat him. That's your assessment of Underso. So Fox Norton, uh, now with your close personal friend Colin Tizard, Rory, Indeed, uh, yeah. having been switched earlier in the season, he had the view that he could be a Ryanair horse. They decided to go because they've got Allery, obviously the superstar Allery. So they went for the Queen Mother Championship. Kevin almost <laughs> spit water out there as I said that. Um, so they ended up hey, going for the Queen Mother Championship. Don't be knocking Allery. Uh, given what's happened, given what's happened in the last six weeks or so. Allery may be the the um, the horse to make everyone. What? Eat their words. What are you talking? <laughs> oh, the doubters! Those doubters that doubted Allery. <laughs> They're gonna write up that Jaxi. I'm talking about you, Lydia Hislop. They'll be coming out having a go. Um, well, my, my, we'll one of my favourite Allery quotes from Lydia: Allery smirk face. Sorry. Uh, one of my favourite quotes from Lydia is Allery hmm, smirk face move, move yes, along yeah. Uh, yeah in fairness Colin was never particularly um, bold about Allery hold on a second he said he was doing gallops in the morning and it was oh, this, not to me he didn't this, this could be this, this could be his close personal I mean, friend he didn't this fella this fella works better than Q card and this and Drag put together I don't know what to make of it when I spoke to in fairness when I spoke to Colin it was after he had his first run he said, <laughs> These French horses, you know, it's a completely different training regime in France than it is in the UK. And horses who've been in, in France for an extended period of time, you know, they, they train on um, dead flat gallops and they race in dead flat tracks. Um, and they've been in France all their lives. And when they come over after after being there for several years, A, it's a completely different training regime. They're, they're running up and down hills. The race courses are completely different, and they get all the bugs going. <laughs> that was an interesting point he made. Um, they are much more susceptible to little infections and, and, and coughs and colds and stuff like Soft that. Frenchies. Um, and he said, I'm not sure he's acclimatized. Surrender monkeys. What was cheese yeah. eating? I think you'll find. <laughs> in fairness, when you consider the form that Colin's yard was in when, when Allery was running, Allery's runs came at, at, at that, that point when, when the yard was... Um, struggling for winners generally 
it might just be a little bit early to write him off. I, I know the, the hype about him was ridiculous. That's insane. Given, given his strike rate in France. Well, we've had to cut him. We've had all the right faces are on. We've all the right him. faces. Uh, we had to cut him into 16 all the right to 1. Faces. It's always dangerous, isn't it? 16 to 1 <laughs> in the Gold it's Cup. All the right faces have had a terrible season. Oh, they've had an awful. They've had a shocker. <laughs> they were all, all over Dovan for what was it, the Tingle Creek. Gone. Did, did their money anti posts on so many occasions? All the right faces were on Ellery. They had to cut him into 16 to 1 for the Gold Cup. Sure, he's going to be favoured after he wins on debut. Whoops. Uh, he might go to France, actually, and he could be interesting if he does later in the season, but over the summer. They, but Colin would be better if he was, if he was so minded. He'd have given the horse another run, got him well beaten again, and got the handicapper to drop him fifteen pounds in the weights. Well, and now, and well then, now, and then gradually got him to to find his form and stuck him in a a, a decent handicap. Um, and Rory Zaragi is available to be your racing manager for the upcoming <laughs> national hunt season. Uh, more on that later. Uh, let's um, let's go back to Fox God Norton. Bless so, him, he's not that kind of man. Because uh, Fox Norton ran a cracker behind. Special tiara in the champion chase. He then improved for the step up and trip at Aintree. And then he takes in his third festival in a row, drops back in trip, and puts on a show. Yeah, I don't think he improved for the step up and trip. I, th- I think he improved simply because he'd had that slightly odd campaign. He was, his previous connections had got him ready to run in the, in the American Grand National. What? Um, that, that was an option for them. They, they ended up sending him to the Schlur chase instead. He won that. He was hard fit. There was pretty much, they said, you know, we had a plan to win a big pot early in the season. They were very happy to take a big offer for him after that. Um, he won first time out for Colin. On ground, he wouldn't have liked at all um, in the, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, it was the Schlur chase he won first time for Colin. He won, yeah. a, he won a, a, a decent handicap by a mile on his first start of the season for Neil Mulholland. He then picked up an injury in that race. He was um, out of action essentially for a month. And Colin talked him up in that period and said, you know, we've kept him on the walker. You know, we've had the vet down every day for a month to look at him. He picked up quite a bad, um, uh, he struck into himself essentially um, but the, the the cut went down to the tender and they were worried about getting infected so he couldn't work um, they had to make sure that they, they didn't get an infection in, in the wounds um, and when he came back in the um, in the game spirit he was clearly short of peak fitness and of course he wasn't a horse that Colin knew particularly well at that stage so while Colin was saying I think you know I, you know, we've, we've done all we can with him at home and we think he'd be fit enough he clearly wasn't fit enough and I'm not even sure he was fit enough at Cheltenham but because he'd had that break midwinter enforced, he then came strong again from entry. The remarkable thing about his performance at entry, and the same thing happened at Punchestown to a smaller degree, is he made a, a, a dreadful error at entry where he's landed on his back legs first at one of the early fences, uh, and yet it's still come through on the bridle to win. And he did the same at, at Punchestown. He, he made one mistake where he's, where he's landed on all fours. Um, which should have taken an awful lot out of him, but it hasn't. Um, the trip isn't really the key to him, but clearly he's got a hell of a lot of talent to be able mm. to overcome um, serious errors uh, to win races like that. I, I always thought he was best in his early days. He, he was originally trained by Nick Williams. Uh, he was a very good juvenile hurdler, that he needed a bare two miles and very quick ground. That's that's clearly not true these days, but I don't think he needs two and a half. I think he's perfectly effective at two miles and um, he's obviously a horse you can you can do some damage with, but 
he he it, they would do well to probably give him a similar break in the middle of the winter again because he's never been particularly effective on on winter ground or in the middle of the winter generally uh, so it's a case of picking his targets uh, well and it could be that it's it's next spring again when he comes strong there was talk of him potentially going for the King George next season do you see that I don't, I don't see him as a three minor at all okay. the track would suit him yeah historically but you get this thing people say it over and over again you get there's two arguments um, two mal chasers can win the King George and yet no two mal chasers won the King George uh, and two and a half miners in the national it's a lot of cliched nonsense it, it just doesn't work you know if you, if you if you get lucky once every 50 times you're not proving the point at all yeah so i don't i don't see him as a horse who needs three miles or will stay three miles at all he could travel very well in king george but um there are enough big prizes to be won at two and two and a half miles so obviously uh, our Cheltenham preview begins next week because uh, there's so much to go through. <laughs> but with a view to Cheltenham, would you see him clash with Underso again in the Ryanair chase next season? Yeah, I suppose everyone's everyone's talking about Altior, aren't they? Um, and he's clearly a massive talent. But I don't think you you plan your campaign based on um, another horse. I think you've got to find the right horses. Uh, for the right races rather for your horses and then see what happens we, we, we've seen with this season we're talking about how, what a great conclusion we've had for the season but we've lost um, so many decent horses for, mm. for part or all of the season or sadly forever this year uh, to make a mockery out of out of you know planning six months ahead which races you'll avoid because of horses you don't want to meet Yeah. so I think you've got to, ha- you've got to make a list of races that suit your horse and then if you've got two choices in a week and one's the easier choice and they both suit your horse then you go for the easier choice if they're both great ones okay makes sense the British dominance of Punchestown continued coming over here winning all our races it's a disgrace absolutely shameful stuff <laughs> shameful stuff I don't know why the Irish handicapper isn't putting these horses up more absolutely ridiculous <laughs> significant new evidence here now oh I tell you Noel O'Brien will have his day yet so he will Wait till the old controversy kicks in next season. Disproportionate success. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, but back to the great ones. You know what I mean, Harry? Avenged his defeat at Cheltenham uh, with a super performance. Uh, again, a titanic tussle between two really good horses, Nichols Canyon, and you know what I mean, Harry? And this time, you know what I mean, Harry, coming out on top. Better ground, um, same trip. Does this suggest that his Cheltenham performance was below par, Kevin? Or was he just on the day just better? I think... Like I said about it at the time, you know, it just didn't seem him at Cheltenham. He was close enough to form, but it just wouldn't be like him to, to wilt like he did in the run-in. And I think this, for me, goes a long way to backing up that he just, for whatever reason, was only 99.5% of the way there at Cheltenham. For, there was something that just held him back from showing his very, very best. And this was just another tremendous horse race, wasn't it? Mm. Fantastic. Oh, Two brilliant. horses given their all, running to, to probably their very close to the peak of their ability and you know what I mean Harry just got the better of him on the day very little between them going forward I'd say um, there hopefully we'll get to see them clash again because mm. it's a super rivalry and if they can produce another race like that uh, in the future <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be worth watching he's great not, performance he's not getting any younger but you can still see him performing very very admirably I again think next so season. next next season I think it wouldn't be wouldn't be overly ambitious to hope he could do that again next season and you, yeah well his er- his early races um couldn't have put too much of a strain on him given that <laughs> he was 
And you consider his ability now. <clears throat> Careful now. He was getting beaten off, off marks in the you know one tens to one twenties. Yeah. Um, suggests that he was he was just playing around. On a, um, on a serious he note, should last a bit longer. On a serious note, it was great to see more British horses coming over this time around, and particularly when you've got Colin Cizard and Harry Fry. Like Paul Nichols has supported it over the years, Philip Hobbs as well, but particularly to see Colin come back after Q Cart's performance last year, you know, undeterred, come back and go again and get another couple of big pots. Uh, and it's Harry Fry as well. Generally, isn't yeah, it? it's yeah. fantastic. It's much better. It, yeah. it shouldn't. It should not be an afterthought for for British trainers, and it has been in the past. We, yeah. as I said. Um, We've had, well, Sprinter Sacker came over and, and might have made Nicky Henderson think twice about going back again, given that it took him two years to get over the, mm. the run there. Um, and Cotto Star and Denman both ran stones below their, their best, Cotto Star particularly. Um, but that was, you know, trainers who had their whole campaign map, map, mapped out and then thought, well, let's go for another pot. Yeah. Um, whereas essentially, we're getting to the stage where the winter should almost be about all weather racing. From you know, from from um, after from beyond Christmas until the till late February, um, we should be looking at that. Um, you get some great racing in in November and early December. Obviously, the King George meeting at Kempton, um, which which may or may not be around in, in a few years' time. Um, We're not going to let it happen. We're going to be out there with our pickets. We're not going to let it happen. Oh yeah, I let it happen. So you should. <laughs> No one wants to go there, but it still still need to support it somehow. Those two people who got a Kempton want to, they want to be there and join us. It's not on. And then and and joking aside, that that's very true. Kempton has not been um, a, a, a hugely popular track for people to go to. King George Day is, has always been very very yeah. popular, but Kempton generally, the only way of getting there, despite the fact that it's in London. You've got to get on the Rattler that stops at every single stop on the way there. Ooh. It takes you about a year to get to the track from central <laughs> from the centre of London, despite the fact that it's in the city. Um, and it doesn't make a huge effort to to get people there. The race cards are, are non-existent these days, as a rule. And um, we've got to the stage where they've almost painted it as somewhere you'd happily knock down. Um, and that's a real shame because it has been. A wonderful race course over the years, uh, and we don't want to lose race courses no. of, of and it's real car. Produced so much and so many memorable finishes and so many exactly, yeah. memorable races that you, you really want to protect that. But we will not digress any further and go back to Punchestown. Where <laughs> We're getting up in all sorts of directions. I mean, like if, <laughs> if Kevin's on painkillers, then Rory's clearly been on the brandy again. Um, the feature race on the Friday had many implications. One, for a brief glimmer, it looked as though. He couldn't do it, could he? No way. He'd have to win on every single one. He'd have to win on every single one. <laughs> so great Shinobi. The People's Gold Cup. Not this year. Not this year, Shinobi. He'll um, be back. But, um, <laughs> some people took grave offence to you and Tony Keenan's comments. How dare you? How dare you denigrate such a great race? Uh, you, oh, I, I you love the race. It was Tony Keenan denigrating it. <laughs> uh, you made the point on at the races just before. Ah, Sure, Patrick had been near. He nearly need to win at all of his mounts, and he went mighty close to doing it. <laughs> good, mighty close to doing good it. Good God, what a finish that contest! Uh, let's talk about the the Punchestown Champion Hurdle. The market move came for Vroom Vroom Mag. She did not perform uh, as the market expected her to. Lame. And Wicklow Brave ran such a weird race. Like he was keen, he pulled the arms out of Patrick Mullins, 
and then he was just back on the bridle again and managed to keep on going and hold off all challenges towards the end. It was a super performance, and there's not many, very few, Group 1 winning flat horses who won a, win a Grade 1 over jumps. No. Um, it seemed to mean more to Willie that Patrick w- had won and that Patrick had just won another Grade 1 uh, over hurdles, and of course he wasn't done yet that day. Um and, but then he slowly starts to realise, oh, I've gone in front in, in the trainer's <laughs> title. Uh, a decisive race and a fantastic performance from McLeod Brave. Yeah, look, I haven't, had, I haven't had a chance to really analyse this race yet, but I'm going to make an educated guess. I, I suspect that the, jockey, the other jockeys in the race, just like I did watching the race, and I'm sure many other people did, thought, right, Wicklow Brave is running away. He's going too fast. He's racing too freely. Let him off. Because well, he's going to come back to us. That's what and you I, said on the day on that. Yeah, and I suspect that if you put the clock on it, it would show that he, he built up that lead relatively cheaply. Okay. Much more cheaply than it seemed visually at the time. And he was just too good for the, for the rest to, to claw that back at the more expensive stage of the race late on. I suspect that's what happened. Okay. Crazy race to watch. Insane. It was yeah. almost similar to the victory that Frankie gave him in the Irish St. Ledger. Almost a similar kind of performance yeah well Frankie got the jump on everyone that day including Ryan Moore and our Order of St. George and that was the, the yeah. winning and losing of it that day and I think the the ride even though it's hard to know how much say Patrick had in this I know he's he did say that he just said, he said right I'm just going to let you off I'm not going to fight you anymore I'm just going to let you go uh, so it, it wasn't a ride that was by design but God by God didn't it work out Oh, very much so. Um, another admirable performance from Nicky Henderson's My Tent Yours, who once again finishes second in a grade one. The, the old boys running around. Tent. Tent. <laughs> tent, 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 old tent's a gem of a horse. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how we're going to get him to win one of these races, but he's running out of Swiss Smasher. Uh, we, we, we take the mick out of Nicky now, but he, he's done some job. He really horse. has. I mean, he doesn't win, but he just runs fantastic races. He doesn't win because he's ones. just a, a shade short. Yeah, you know, it's not for lack of any uh, lack of any training ability or riding ability. He's just a, just no. a shade short at that level. Yeah. But Nicky gets him to to turn up more often than not in tip top form. And what second in three champions, two punches three champion champions. hurdles. Yeah, you know what he needs now, though. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, say that again, Rory. You know what he needs now. Go on. He's the hood taken off. Yeah, he, 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 he settles. He settles much better. Mm. Settles much better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Noel Feely rode him in the um, in the Haydock race where he just went to sleep. Yeah. He ran his worst race for years because, you know, Noel just settled him and with the hood on as well, the, the horse just fell asleep during the race and couldn't pick up. I thought he was gone um, that day based on that run. Yeah. Arctic Fire gives this a fairly solid look because he was brilliant in the county hurdle and he's finished third. So that's a decent performance from him. Yeah. Yeah, you would yeah. say the similar owners who yeah, it's not, uh, didn't pan it's, out great for no we're not suggesting this is the best grade one hurdle of the season god though, no 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 god it's no. solid it's solid form but, you're not you're you know, not backing you, any of these to win the champion hurdle next season no. like you know um the no, owner, you might have backed the bake if you hadn't got injured capable of getting involved in a, de- in a in a top class hurdle race of the trip on their day but all five um have have issues well, that bake ran some race. The other it owners, yeah. horse Diacali, played up at the start, and of course, that's something that happened earlier on during the week. So, Tony Keenan's quote was, and I'm paraphrasing here, but I believe it was, "You're not doing your job properly if you're riding for William Mullins and you don't force a false start." I don't think any of us thought it was going to be Mellon would be the one who would move towards the tape just that little bit earlier. No, but they couldn't hear the starter, Emmett. They couldn't oh, hear him. That's right. 
Yeah. Can't hear you, boss. Oh, Can't well, hear you. Start, start is on his rostrum. With a megaphone. Hear him. Yeah. With a megaphone. She couldn't hear him. Can't hear you. I, I love the photograph. Keenan got his idea from me. <laughs> uh, Robbery. Uh, I, I, I love Peace in the Field um, about a month ago <laughs> about what would happen at Punchestown with LeBake <laughs> and his tendency to, to, um, to, to refuse. And A, part of it was how will everyone else react? Uh, and there was a discussion on Twitter about, uh, and, and um, a very good judge said, if you're writing against LeBake and you don't force a false start, you need to ask questions of yourself as to what you're doing. That very good judge was Tony Keenan, and that's a fact, <laughs> an undeniable fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the other the other aspect of that, of course, was was the ref- bookmaker is more than happy to refund on LeBake when he was uh, outside for, for various races. <laughs> and in fairness, one firm before the race said they would refund if he didn't if he didn't jump off. Well, there was a couple um, of things. You were asking uh, bookmakers if they would offer special markets, and a number of them did. I hold, I I take my hat off to any bookmaker who refunded you. If you if you placed a bet on LeBake, I take my hat off to any bookmaker who gave you either a your full stake in a refund as a bet or was even more extraordinarily generous and gave you your money back. The reason I say extraordinar- extraordinarily generous is because if you backed LeBake on the tote, if you backed LeBake on Matchbook, on Betfair, BetDAC, guess what? No one's giving you your money back. So don't, you can't complain. Like, you just can't. Like imagine if someone is, it's their first day racing and you've, one person has done their bet on their phone and the other person's done the bet on the toast. This is not a criticism of exchange of the toast, by the way. And LeBake doesn't jump off, and they look at each other, and the other person goes, Oh, I've got a free bet back. Fantastic. And so the other person walks up to the toast and says, Oh, I want my friend there uh, just got the, uh, a bet refund. Can I get a justice refund too? No. No, you can't. You know, you, your eyes are wide open going into this. You know what can happen. And it was no surprise that he did it. Um, he did jump off in the champion her but and I'm not having a criticism by the way at anybody but like we've talked on betting specials about learning and learning through failure and like this is the point that you've made a number of times Kevin that these justice refunds they they do not in the long term yeah it might be nice to look at your account and see that the money's back but in the long run it does you no good no fact but I applaud any bookmaker who did refund. No, don't applaud the bookmakers who give the money back. Oh, let them do no, it no, away. No, don't applaud them. Give them an absolute bollocking for it <laughs> because him, it's it's ruining the game. Let them do it, but just don't be tweeting about how great it is yeah, that if you're, do, if you're doing it and you're also keeping my account open when I want to have £25 win single on something, mm-hmm. that's grand. But the firms, who, as a rule, firms who refund your stakes for horses who continually refuse are the first firms to close your account yeah. when you want to win only best. Sorry, Rory, uh, you can't one. have £25, but you can have £2.50 at not 12s, but 5s. Yes. If you're an absolute idiot, that's grand. And in fairness, <laughs> you know, one of the firms... One of the, the firm who refunded stakes at Punch's time, which I find absolutely bizarre, are happy to to lay me a bet to lose a certain amount of money. So I'm not having, I'm not knocking them. Yeah. Um, but the 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 practice has to come at a price, and the price is punters being um, restricted or having their accounts closed yeah. um, because firms are giving chunks of money away um, on justice refunds, which are just bonkers. Did any uh, any layers on uh, Betfair get in touch and say, ah, 
I you know I can't I can't take this money on Lebeke. I just can't get, refund it there. Give it give it back to the person who. Yeah, well, that's the beauty them. of the exchanges. They're a very pure environment. You yeah. get none of this old shite. <laughs> To be fair, it's it's the way it, it's the way it should be. None of this each way snidery. It's just a nice, efficient win and place market. That's a quote for the for the final furlong podcast T-shirts, which may or may not be coming soon. <laughs> um, let's talk yeah, about the big. In fairness, you know, Matchbook and Betfair should do a range of T-shirts that just read "Grow Up Air." <laughs> They'd be a massive seller, wouldn't they? Want want to play with the men? <laughs> Oh, that could be contrived in a different way. <laughs> oh, Kevin, seriously, how strong are these painkillers? How strong? I wish he had that excuse. He actually hasn't done any of No, I Med- Medication-free, baby. I think, he's, I think he's lying. I think he's saying he's not taking any painkillers, but the truth of the matter is that he's he's downing them by the pocket load. Um, you were saying LeBake ran a great race for those who don't know. Oh, he did run a stormer. Mm. He ran a stormer. And if things had panned out differently, he would have went even closer. But it's largely irrelevant because he, he picked up a bad injury. Yeah. And we may never see him again. Which, which is an awful shame. Which would be a terrible end of what has been a mad story. Yeah. From start Although to finish. In fairness, the headline, LeBig may never run again, <laughs> was meaningless at the time. We knew that anyway. <laughs> Tell us something we don't know. May never line up again. Uh, <laughs> But it's, it's a pity now because he, he is very talented. He, he's, he is. he's just really interesting. Well, I mean, what I wanted to do was talk about him in the context of like next season, will he run in, will they just go to the UK and race exclusively there with him? That's completely irrelevant now. Um, how bad is this injury? I don't know. I don't know. But they Gordon, haven't fully disclosed it. Um, they hadn't fully assessed it by the time Gordon was talking to the press. So we'll be looking for an update. Um, okay. Should have had an update by now. Um, it's a suspensory. Is that it? Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, and it sounds like, you know, uh, fairly serious at the time, but a suspensory wouldn't normally be disastrous with a jump sports. Well, it's kept Faheen. It would, it would take at least a year off the track. It's kept Faheen off the track since the 20... 20- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in fairness, Fif- 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 No, he's, had, he's had, had different things. Subsequent yeah. setbacks, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hurricane Fly was off the track for quite a bit as well, but again, he had... Yeah, like come Faheen back from a suspensor. Yeah. yeah. The way they were talking, I assumed it was a tendon, but a suspensor is better news. Well, he's only six, so that's... Yeah. He's young enough to be able to come back. Whether or not he actually consents to race is another matter entirely. I sure we'll have fun watching. Um, much... I was just throwing it out there. <laughs> might want to take that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might to take that out. So, uh, D, that's one forty and twenty seconds. <laughs> as far as I know, to make your life that little bit easier. Uh, there aren't as many edits on this podcast, to be fair, as as there were in the in the previous one, uh, when the first lady of the show was on board. But Kevin and Rory have done a feral effort to try and ensure that you're. Your work is cut out for you, D. <laughs> they really, really have, yeah. Yeah, sure, look at Yeah, just to make sure. Uh, it was better news for Gordon Elliott on, on the Saturday. Uh, Apple's Jade getting the job done and getting the job done in style, Kevin Blake. Oh, yeah. But her, her most impressive performance since uh, that fabled day at Aintree last mm. season, you'd have to say. Just, just great to see. She's a lovely mare. We all hope she'd be this good. Um, you know, at this time last season, the hopes were, uh, the sky was the limit. Um, she's had some limitations exposed since, but she's largely been very good. Mm. And she's just a very good mare. And she's she's open grade one class, I think it's fair to say. Well, on that running, and she'd have pushed Bouvadere. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun hurdle. to see if they if they throw her in with the boys yeah. next season and give her her chance, because I suspect she'll be up to it. 
similar enough campaign the best of the century for next year's champion hurdle oh yeah oh, yeah. do you reckon they'll drop her back in trip next season I, I think you have to you have to bear it in mind um, I've said this from for quite a while it's very very hard for five year olds to win the champion hurdle the last five year old to, to win it won by fluke it was a dreadful champion hurdle in which sizing Europe would have won by 20 lengths if he hadn't ricked his back jumping the second last. Yeah. Um, and if you, was... if, you, if you ignore that, if you if you put sizing Europe's name on the crime, which seems appropriate now given how it panned out, lovely horse to catch it was, yeah. he beat Osana. Osana. <laughs> Who remembers Osana for crying out loud? Um, <laughs> it's pretty much impossible for a horse of that age to win the champion hurdle. You need a, another year to develop. And there's a great program for mares to allow them to keep coming forward. Next year, she's going to be a bigger force. And um, Deffy Desoy is seven to one to win the uh, or six to one in a place to win the champion hurdle. Nah, don't year. do an Emmett quote in the shortest price. He's an eight to one shot. <laughs> oh, he's eight to, okay, well, he's eight, he's eight to one generally. He's six and sevens in, in, in places. Apple's Jade is twenties. Oh yes. That's that, you know, I'm not saying she's a good thing for the race, but you compare them like that. You just said she's the better she's of the got, century. She's three times the chance of he, that he has of winning the champion hurdle. You just said, Roy, like she's the better of the century. She is the better of the century, yeah. <laughs> At 20 to 1, she is the better of the century for the champion hurdle. I'm trying to see Before where all goes tits up, she'll be 3 to 1. Yeah, she's 20s with, with a big bookmaker. Yeah, yeah. She's 20s in several places, yeah. Ooh. Annie Power is quoted... By one, two, three, no. four bookmakers. She will be literally having a baby. Four bookmakers. <laughs> she will have foal at foot. Let me just hang be, on a second. That would be the Come here. Let me just do something for more dramatic effect here. Hold on. <laughs> what the hell? Annie Power is quoted by four bookmakers. <laughs> Everywhere. He just spat water everywhere. <laughs> Dramatic effect is needed. Come oh, on, dear Sam. unbelievable. Jesus. She could, in fairness, she could lose the fall. Oh, oh come God. on, man. Don't you go giving them excuses. They've said she's going to be retired. In fact, no, she's not, but she's not, she's not none or no bet. That, that's all in. So, yes, you're exactly. These are four well-known firms and two of them are particularly well-known. Worse again, Bet365 have identity for the champion hurdle market. Come on, lads, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so what price is Tiger Roll? Come on to yourself. What price is Tiger Roll? <laughs> <laughs> the, t- the Tiger isn't priced up. What's going on? This is disgraceful. They do it on the bridle. That's nearly worse than the fact that, um, <laughs> that, that uh, Annie Power is priced up. Anyway. <laughs> oh, Lord. The Codfather. Remarkable. Yeah, it's fantastic, wasn't it? It's so there's a couple of things here. Um first of all, the fact that Nina Carberry is like Annie Power, um, is in full and uh, is about to celebrate the birth of her first child. <laughs> Dee's just like shaking her head. Uh and whether or not she decides to come back or not's another story. But obviously, um Nina is an incredible talent who would have been getting a lot of the rides that that Jamie would have come in for. Um so her Nina being on the sidelines was beneficial. The Gigginstown horse is moving from Willie Mullins to Gordon um, and to Noel Mead, Joseph Bryan and to Henry de Bromhead has obviously had a, a good impact as well because that means Patrick doesn't have access to those horses either. So a lot of things aligned correctly for Jamie Codd 
But that being said, even if all things fall right for you, you still have the ability. You still have to have the ability to be able to take your chance. You still have to have the ability to be able to go and get the job done. And he's got the talent. Oh, look, it was a perfect storm of circumstances, but that's no, that's not to talk down the Codfather's writing ability at all. Obviously, we all know how good he is now. Anyone who didn't already know hmm. and knows now because he's he's had a lovely high-profile platform to show his talents. And look, sure, look, if he was a pro, he'd be, he wouldn't, he'd be, God, he'd be probably close to the top five, would he? He'd be top ten, I suspect. He's so strong uh, in a finish as well. He's just a, just a very good rider, tactically. Yeah. He has that innate confidence that sets apart a very good rider from an excellent rider. He's happy to um, to take his time to the extreme at times. And I love that personally. Mm. Um, and it was just great to see him get 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 reach this milestone, I suppose, if we want to call it that, to be champion amateur. It's fully deserved. And to- tough on Patrick, but... Yeah, and Patrick I, gave it some go. He gave it an unbelievable go, and, and uh, but um, I, I, don't, I don't think he'd begrudge no, uh, the Codfather. No. And uh, it, it'd be great if, if if Jamie does come back to the track next season and gives it another good go again, mm. because it, it'd be fantastic to see them two go at it over the course of the season again. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about Patrick's own individual exploits a little bit later on. Uh, I suspect that the two Grade One wins and helping his dad over the line to be champion trainer would have probably been, been enough. If, if you gave him the choice between him being champion amateur again or, or having those exploits, I, I suspect he would he would take what he got at Punchestown. And he was, again, someone who had to um, grasp the nettle and prove his talent, and, and indeed he did. Um, the performance on Bacardi's in particular, we'll talk about a little bit later on. Uh, but just to wrap things up on the Codfather, two Cheltenham Festival wins, um, the brilliant partnership with Cause of Causes, finishing second in an entry Grand National. Uh, and now champion amateur as well. It's just been a wonderful season for us. Season of all seasons. Season of all. Season of all seasons. <laughs> that's a that's a joke for the ATR boys uh, back in the office. We love Cherry Hannah. These brilliant. <laughs> season of all seasons. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 no, we're we're big Jerry Hannah fans. <laughs> <laughs> Superb call. <laughs> Kennedy's on the floor. He's why, down. While I recover there, Kevin, talk about Rachel Blackmore. <laughs> yeah, Rachel Blackmore was a fantastic achievement as well. Um, pity she, pity things didn't go a little bit better for her for on the week, but it's just been an unbelievable season. Yeah. Um, hard not to like her uh, as a personality, as, as you know, given where she's come from, i.e., nowhere essentially, uh, has done it the hard way, and it's just had an unbelievable season. And fair play to her. Uh, she didn't want to really talk to anyone about it until it was done. Which I admire, by the way. That's a good quality that she wasn't getting over, wasn't uh, getting carried away with herself. She wanted to let her, her actions on the track do the talking, mm. but I think she could be a real a real star if she embraces that side of things. We've seen, uh, look, we've seen the push that the likes of Lizzie Kelly can get mm. um, when they're a little bit more open to the media and everything else. In this day and age, you kind of have to be, don't you? You don't have to be, but it certainly helps if you are. It's beneficial. Um, absolutely. And I think if she if she embraces that side of things, she can go on to the next level. It's going to be tougher for her, like it's tougher for any um, claimer moving down the the, the claiming ranks, if, if moving down is the right way to put it. But um, I, I'd give her a great chance. She's got an awful lot of momentum, and she's very, very good. And I hope uh, things go from strength to strength for her. Patrick and Jamie had that Titanic tussle. He came up short, but he had some remarkable successes. The Friday was a day he'll never forget. If the David Pipe horse had won the, the last, I think he'd just have Good lost Lord. his mind completely. Yeah. Um, but it was for his father he won 
on three pretty damn good horses. Uh, Montebello was a really strange one in the way he came back. Very, very similar to Wicklow Brave, that, yeah. those circumstances, I think. I think he, he got that lead cheaply. But the one to focus on, though, I think, just because we've discussed the uh, our, the bunch of stunts you haven't heard already, is Bacardi's. We won a grade one on earlier this season. He obviously won the entry bumper on him as well. And have, with it looking like Colin Tizard's horse was going to win Finian's Oscar, and, and it looked as though he was just going to gallop away from everything, all of a sudden he emerges on the scene and then has the power in the finish to get him there. Yeah, look, fine performance from Bacardi's. I think the best horse finished second. I'd say if you gave Robbie Power the chance to ride it again, he would have held on a bit longer. But look, they've all learnt a bit about Finian's Oscar there. He's, mm. a, he's a really nice prospect for next season. He's still raw. He's still learning. He won't be in front that soon again, anytime soon, I'd imagine. Mm. And look, he's just a super exciting prospect. And I don't want to knock Bacardi's at all. He's a horse I like. And that's the best run of his season. Uh, superior to what he did in the Delight, I think and uh, Form has taken a few knocks since and he's a lovely horse going forward as well but for me if if, you, if I was to take one home now Finian's Oscar Oh 100% they'll both go chasing next season I'd imagine so So Rory if Finian's Oscar was well let's say that Colin has called you up and you are a racing manager for Alan and Nan Potts have fun with that nice one thought, isn't it? Um, what do you do with Finian's Oscar in terms of next season is he an Oracle prospect JLT I think I think he goes chasing I mean he's young he, he's um, he's only a five year old um, but he he looks a chaser through and through, and he jumped very well when he when he won his point. He's a horse you would you would rather go Arkle than than start thinking champion hurdle. And if you're not thinking champion hurdle, then why stay over hurdles with him? Hmm. This showed that two miles, I think, is going to be his trip. Yeah, you know, I the think, faster they go, the more comfortable he is. And, I think he is an know. Oracle contender for next season. Do you, do you agree? Oh, with he that? definitely is. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Nice. That's that's me happy. Once Rory gives me the old consensus, I'm pleased with that. Um, yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, <laughs> he looks an Oracle horse to me, and you know, if the, the race was over when Robbie kicked for home, mm. he just didn't see a stride at the last, and his momentum was gone. Um, that gave Patrick the chance to, to pounce, but you run that race 50 times, and he wins 47 of them. Mm. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the novices that really caught your eye over Punchestown. Anything else that interests you with a view to the future, Rory? Fiona. She's brilliant, isn't she? She's wonderful. She's a good um, the, the fact, the more you look at the Cheltenham run, which was just, a, you know, the early stages of that were an aberration because the way the race started, she ended up on the back foot. She got hampered after the start. Um, she almost refused to race, not on a... A temperamental way just she got messed around at the start and she was planted given that she is fundamentally an out and out front runner her win in the champion bumper was absolutely gobsmacking it was an unbelievable performance and she's shown either side of that that she is absolutely top class anyway um she's closely related to sol arena mm-hmm. uh, she has reportedly according to gordon schools really well over hurdles um in a manner of speaking, it's just a shame that she isn't running in the bow silks that Michael haven't Yeah. Having, or, uh, I mean, it's, it's a great story that Jamie was involved yeah. in, in buying her at the Cheltenham sales yes. and yeah. um, the fact that he partnered her, obviously, in the Chemi Bumper and she won in that style. And, you know, it's, it's another one for the future for Gordon. But the bows are iconic in terms of Irish National Hunt Racing. And she's closely related to Salarina and to Florida Coast, who spent most of his life following her home. Um, yeah, it's just it's just the the, the, the first um, 
the first full of this mare, and the, the mare was very useful as well. I think, I think yeah. she got injured earlier in her hurdling campaign. She was a, a decent bumper performer. Um, her first full was was just very disappointing. I, I, mm. I, I suspect that she was sold um, because it seemed like a good commercial decision at the time, but she does seem right out of um, the same kind of ballpark as Solarina. Yeah, and, um, and Solarina, of course, was following in the footsteps of Limestone Lad. And Limestone Lad, yeah. yeah. They, at, for, for a brief little period of time, they raced together, um, but it would be nice just to have the bows back in action again with the superstar. They have a couple of horses running, but just to have a really they won top notch. They won six out of seven Hatton's Grace hurdles. Unbelievable. Yeah. The pair of them. Unbelievable. Yeah. Soft ground, two mile four, beat, um, she was unbeatable. Yeah. So well, your thoughts for her next season and in terms of her campaign, like do they keep her, they obviously are not afraid to take on no, that's the, the Yeah, boys. the issue is you, you can, she's young enough and it makes a lot of sense for longevity that you stay racing against the mares but it hasn't stopped them this season no you know she could have she could have taken on mares um at punchestown if she wanted to and she could have she could have missed in missed cheltenham and gone down the, the mares route at entry if they wanted to as well so they may be happy enough to to um take her in, into open company next year and i think she's a really exciting prospect she's not you look at horses and you talk about their their scope in terms of their physicality and how much ground they cover um but there's nothing like a an enthusiastic front runner with um with a real purpose about them and and that's what she looks like and i think she will gobble up hurdles for all she's not as she's not she's quite robust i suppose i mean gordon's always look quite robust but she's not the she's not the tallest and she wouldn't appear to be the scopiest but i think she'd be absolutely i would say fine over hurdles fine is the wrong word i think i think she'd be fantastic over hurdles what um, and she could easily be a supreme candidate, but um, yeah, they got lots of options with her, and I, I think she's she's really really exciting. Yeah, whether or not she turns out to be a supreme Neptune or Mary's Mary's Turtle. Turtle. yeah, Mary's yeah. Novice Turtle too. Two, well, it's two miles. Two I hope, I, one thing I would say there, I hope not the Mary's Novice. The Mary's Novice is just an absolute. That's ridiculous. If you've got a real novice, yeah. then fair enough. If you've got a horse who's proven at the Cheltenham Festival in the first place, then sticking her in the Mary's Novice is just. Again, getting back to that that um, that quote, and I can't think who it was who said it, but hats off to him. If Dawn Run ran in races like the Dawn Run, there wouldn't be a race named after Dawn Run. There's only one problem with that quote, and it is a very interesting one. There is the Quavega yeah. Bar at Cheltenham. Sorry? There is the Quavega Bar at Cheltenham. Uh, better to have a race named after there you is, than a pub. yes, but you know, who wants a bar named after you? <laughs> Well, <laughs> depend, that depends on what you like to get up to at the weekends. Fiona it's, it's is the fine. final furlong bar. Oh, you we'll take it. Drinks on it. That's fine. We'll gladly take the final furlong bar at Cheltenham. Um, <laughs> that's that's Rory's horse um, for next season from Punchestown. Kevin, yours? Oh, great field. He's just bananas. He, he's, Close he's, the next up, he's the next up in the show. Close he's a real mad bastard. <laughs> <laughs> he's a nutter. But, well, fun to watch. Close your eyes and hope for the best. Fun to watch. Yeah, looking forward to seeing him again. He's, he's good fun. Okay. And finally, uh, Jess Garrington and Robbie Power. What an incredible season. Unbelievable. It's madness, really. Yeah. Robbie Power should be retired by yeah. by, by some medical opinions. I mean, until, six- until 2012, end of 2012, he'd ridden 15 grid one winners in his life. And in the last two months, he's ridden 12. Unbelievable. Is that right? No, oh, it's less than that. I think was it, was it nine? I, I think up until this season, I think he'd ridden eight, and he's ridden seven this this since Christmas, something incredible. like that. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. 
It's just madness. And particularly considering he's got double vision. But he has that... He's got, the, he's the, got the, a broken eye socket in, in uh, yeah. last summer. Had that fantastic... Um, prism. Feature, yeah, the prism. Yeah. Uh, that Bananas. feature on At The Races when it was either uh, Kevin O'Ryan uh, Trappy or Mick Fitz who, who uh, interviewed him and um, he talked openly about how he broke down in the in the doctor's surgery and he was told and um, he was then sent to a specialist and another specialist and finally the uh, the specialist who, who met with him last said uh, do, do you wear eyewear in horse racing? Yeah Okay, that's grand. We can just make an old prison for yourself, and that'll that'll sort of do. It's like, what? Really? Wow! These lads are just different breeds of oh, lunatic. But like, you know, you've got a broken eye socket, and you're riding a horse at forty miles an hour, jumping fences. It's incredible. It really is. Uh, he's had a fantastic season, and long may it continue. He's got this great job now as well. Uh, Jessica has first call on him, which could make things very interesting. If that could make things very, very interesting. If they stay sound, and that's the important point to make if our two concerns and John stay sound. But could make things very interesting in general. For Jessica Harrington, um, she has enjoyed an incredible campaign. She is set to have possibly her biggest flat campaign. She's got that Niarcos horse, a number of other uh, very exciting horses to talk about, which we'll talk about in the, in the flat podcast to come. But remarkable campaign for Jessica Harrington. Just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. You know, she to win those three gold cups is sensational. Hmm. Sensational. Anyone, any trainer would be proud of that. And in terms of a dual purpose team, there, there's none better, I don't think it's fair to say. And while she gets to enjoy this remarkable resurgence, there's the terribly sad news that Sandra Hughes is going to follow in Colin Murphy's footsteps and call it a day. Yeah, look, it's sad. It's, uh, it's tough. You know, Desi... Her father Desi, in his later years, was doing exceptionally well. But it's just, uh, you know, to lose Desi, you know, it does fundamentally change everything. And Sandra's done a fine job with what she was left with. Um, run won many big races, a couple of Grade Ones, Lieutenant Colonel, won an Irish National. Um, but look, the thing has been winding down somewhat, and it wasn't a huge surprise, but it's still sad news all the same. Um, and it's uh, the the end of a bit of a the the end of a what do you call it the end of an era you know oh, really Os- Osborne Lodge uh, tough stuff now no it really is um, but on a brighter note for all that it has been fantastic that Willie and Gordon were involved in this um, Titanic tussle and I hope that final Furlong podcast listeners took Tony Keenan's advice and gobbled up as much of the seven to two as they possibly could uh, Gordon came close. But ultimately, Willie got his tenth title. He was in the shadows for long enough behind Noel Mead, and uh, you could you could see just what it meant to them. These men want to be champion. It meant an awful lot to them. Uh, they threw everything they could at it, and I, I'm sure I know that some people were saying that might be Gordon's chance gone. Surely not, because not only does he have all of the Gigginstown horses uh, transferred from Willie. But more importantly, Gigginstown won't be having horses with Willie anymore, which means that all those future ones will either go to Joseph to Mouse, to Henry, but more significantly, significantly for the future, to Gordon. Yeah, Gordon has the numbers to compete, but there's no doubt things went very right for him this year and they went very wrong for Willie in many ways. Mm. Um, so circumstances were right for him to have a right cut of them. I think Willie is 2-7 to seven for the title next season. Uh, I don't know if it, if it should be that short. I'm hoping it'll be good and competitive again, but it will be a little bit tougher for Gordon next season, no doubt. And just finally going back to Jessica Harrington, it is nice that while there was all that talk about Willie and Gordon and their battle throughout the week, that the season ends with Jessica Harrington taking the biggest prize of all, 
the Cheltenham Gold Cup, the Irish Gold Cup, with her first runner ever in both races ending up in winning, and then him carrying that on uh, and, and winning at Punchestown as well. She's had, and then of course she had Woodland Opera winning as well. She's enjoyed this remarkable campaign, and it's nice that she has. Uh, maybe not as much quantity, but certainly a lot of quality to take on the big boys. Oh, the more it's spread around, the better. Yeah. Fact. That's it. That's our review of Punchestown and our preview of the 2000 and 1000 guineas. If winter is coming, <laughs> um, if winter gets the job done, Kevin Blake will be jumping around the place like a lunatic. But not too much, though, Kevin, because you went and got yourself injured. If a racehorse gets injured, they pull themselves up. Kevin Blake didn't do that though he'd taken charitable donations he was running for the Irish Inter Jockeys Club and he ran through the pain barrier and now he's going to be sidelined for six weeks Jeez, it was rough stuff now <laughs> you're in bits <laughs> uh, fairly lame now like, <sighs> lame? you've got shin splints you idiot well, I thought it was worse my, my sister's a physio she was pretty adamant I, she was pretty sure I had a stress fracture so it could have been oh. a lot worse Jeez, <laughs> um, it's rough now you know people talk about marathons and like Look, I've run 50 half marathons more in the last couple of years. I've run 10 since Christmas. And you think, you know, I can do them breezy away there and I'll be happy out doing them. And you think, you know, oh, look, do enough of them and go a bit further and you'll be fine for a marathon. Jeez, it's a different animal. Good God, it's a different animal. That The last AK was horrific. I could, my, my, I've never pulled a cramp in my life running. I'd say I pulled, <laughs> no exaggeration, somewhere between 15 and 20 cramps over the last AK. I just couldn't my body wouldn't do it at one stage a, a stone went down the back of my shoe with about 5k to go and I physically couldn't get down to pull it out I had to run away with it oh. I couldn't do anything about it I just couldn't get my, 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 my calves and my hammies were so tight I could not bend down that far it's a jeez it's a rough experience that's my own fault I, didn't, I trained hard enough but I didn't train right the way I should have trained Went too fast. I know what You're I'm... listening to Marathon Chat with Kevin D and Emmett. We're talking about running marathons and how much fun it is. You know what? Yeah, I, I, learned, I learned from that, but geez, it was unpleasant. <laughs> so the good news is that you, you've done it. You've, you've got, you, you got through it. You're in bits after it, literally. Uh, but you've managed to raise money. Well, not literally, actually. Sorry, that's a Jimmy Redknapp quote. There's not pieces of Kevin Blake lying all over the studio. But like you're, you're, although actually they changed the definition of literally just for the likes of Jimmy Redknapp, Stop. so it'll be okay. But you do have shin splints. You are going to be in tremendous pain for the next six weeks. Uh, no, I know. I hopefully be off the crutches in a couple of weeks, but I can't do any exercise really for two months probably. So you're going to have, um, yeah. You'll you'll be basically ringing the bell and trying to get Dee to look after you. For yeah, many weeks. thanks to Dee. She's been uh, she's been very very good to me in recent days and hasn't complained once. I tell you, I, I'll embarrass her now because uh, the run the marathon started at nine o'clock Sunday morning. Dee had her her sister's thirtieth birthday up in Athlone on Saturday night. She went out to her sister's birthday party. She went to bed at I don't know what time. She got up at five o'clock in the morning to drive down to Limerick to give me a bit of a roar and, and look after me down there isn't that something going that you've hit the jackpot there. different class hit the jackpot absolute different class very lucky fella take a bow take a bow producer D that's it we're done you raised a lot of money for the injured jockeys fund yeah and it's still coming in after I put up those pictures of me looking like I'm going to cry um, <laughs> going over the finish line I've got got another good few quid in so it's well over three grand now so just fantastic good man good man well done and for Great an incredibly cause. for an incredibly uh, as, worthy as cause nobody needs to 
you know, we don't need to explain how good a cause that yeah. is. That's the that's the important thing. Yeah, no, an incredibly worthy cause and great work as well. You can still donate. Uh, just go to Kevin's Twitter page at Kevin Blake twenty eleven, isn't it? Yeah, at Kevin Blake twenty eleven, and uh, and you can donate there on his charitable page. Do it. The man literally is in agony, <laughs> and he tells us all he's not taking painkillers. But clearly, on the evidence of this podcast, he might very much is. <laughs> uh, from producer D. Good night, guys. From Roy Delargy. Good night and good luck. From the Marathon Man, Kevin Blake. Good luck. And from me, Emmett Kennedy. Best of luck with the classics this weekend. We'll talk to you next week on the Final Furlong Podcast. Thanks for listening. Talk to you then. God bless. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile. Visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.